What does freedom mean? Tune in to LRN.FM to find out. LRN.FM is the Liberty Radio Network, a collection of live talk radio and podcasts, all coming from a principled pro-liberty perspective. LRN.FM show hosts aren't left, right, or conspiracy kooks. You can tune in 24-7 to LRN.FM via your phone, computer, satellite, and more. Listen free anytime at LRN.FM. That's LRN.FM. KKSM Oceanside. I'm sure that it's going to be a hit single. AM 1320. The Radio Revolution. Parental discretion is advised. Just the place is here and the time is now. I have two words for you. Predator drones. You will never see it coming. I think I'm joking. Drones are being used in drone strikes, and I support that entirely and feel the president was right. There's a reason why we shouldn't be using drones. It's because we don't just take out the target. We take out a lot of innocent civilians in these countries where these drones attack. But this is basically blowing up in our faces. We've seen the blowback all across the Middle East. What if our foreign policy of the past century is deeply flawed and has not served our national security interests? I hate categories. Categories are okay if you're going to grocery store. But for me, the categories screwed a lot of people up. We'll make everything metal. Blacker than the blackest black times infinity. Free Thought Radio, San Diego's source for heavy metal and other genres that are ignored by mainstream radio. San Diego's only libertarian talk show in a conservative-dominated market. More hard-hitting journalism than even the professionals themselves. Free Thought Radio, free speech, free expression, and free snow call! Only on KKSM Oceanside, AM 1320. The Radio Revolution. Podcast airing on LRN.FM, the Liberty Radio Network. As it applies to you and me, our country isn't free. Welcome to Free Thought Radio. If you can hear the sound of my voice, this is Mike Pastor sitting in for Alex Fiddle, who is currently on legal exile due to FCC regulations out on the Isle of Atlantis somewhere in the Azores. How's everybody doing tonight? I know I had a great weekend. Oh, so did I. It was awesome. <laughs> what happened? Uh, went to go learn about uh, media and how to be a good independent journalist uh, with some folks from Occupy LA. And good thing because um, learned a lot about how you know Facebook censors a lot of stuff. And actually, uh, our friend Nick, who hosts the third hour of the show, uh, gave a bit good talk on how to get around Facebook's intentional censoring of independent media websites. Is it, is it kind of like a watch out for your keywords sort of a thing? I uh, know. It's like watch out for the reach. Like, let's say I just posted right now. I said, live now with guest Lee Camp, comedian, activist. Listen here. Only 10 people have saw that post. Here, here's a good one. Federal court. Entire NSA program unconstitutional. Only three people wow. saw that post. Which court? Um, uh, D.C. District Court. Okay. That's, um, we'll talk that's about that good. later. Right. Uh, there's the one... Uh, Gaza paralyzed by flooding, only eight people. You know, important stuff, but Miley Cyrus? Is Miley Cyrus in the news? We should really come up with something yeah, different. Maybe. We'll just have to put twerking Miley on everything. Cyrus, Miley Cyrus is good for now, but who else is in the news all the time? Um, no, that is Miley John Cyrus. John McCain. We'll, have to talk, oh, we'll talk about all the news later, but this right. is actually the last episode of the year. We're taking a bit of a month-long break before coming back. 
uh, mid-January. So we'd love everybody to go and uh, check out freethoughtmedia.org. Uh, go scroll down for the the podcast link. Check out what we've done in the past. Each episode is kind of like a work of art. It's not so much we just turn something out every day just because. Um, yeah, it's it, been a great year. I, I, like having one of my favorite guitarists guest host the show was beyond real. I've been like listening to those guys since I was like in high school, and um, they've been incredibly like you know socially conscious. And and having him host the show there with Cindy Sheehan, totally awesome. And, you know, I uh, I know I'm kind of new to the show and all that, but I've had a blast since I've been doing it yeah. so far. And uh, It's just talking. Yeah, it's just, it's just talking. Yeah. You know, you'd be surprised how easy that can be, sometimes difficult. But, um, you know, if you do miss us, uh, feel free to, you know, check it out on iTunes. And, uh, you know, all, all the back episodes are up there, or most of them at least, right? Oh, yeah. I'll, uh, we're going we're gonna to close out the year here with a more of a lighter note. Um, we got a uh, guest comedian... Lee Camp, totally awesome guy, stand-up um, comedian. Uh, he was actually just uh, in California doing some shows uh, with a band that will play a song afterwards. But um, we'll uh, we'll let Lee Camp cheer up your holiday cheer, and uh, yeah, we'll be we'll uh, have to come back on the other side and uh, make sure we fill you guys in with the news and some new music. You're gonna want to stay tuned. We've got the new Cynic track. Uh, the Lion's Roar that we're going to premiere for the first time on terrestrial radio, or in the case of Paul Masvidalian, extraterrestrial radio. His, his real name is Paul Masvidal, but his Instagram tag is Masvidalian. Masvidalian. <laughs> you know, I, I got to say one of my favorite things about this show is that we have never really correctly done a segue to the point where I'm not exactly sure what a segue is anymore. <laughs> you know, like, well... Well, we should we should talk about this and then uh, screw it. Lee Camp's on tonight. Yeah. <laughs> so, in that note, screw it. Here's the guest, Lee Camp, LeeCamp.net. Joining me now is Lee Camp. He's a comedian, host of the Moment of Clarity podcast on iTunes as well on his YouTube channel. And he's the author of Moment of Clarity. Lee, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, man. No problem. So, um, tell us how, how do you become a comedian? Like, where do you find your funny bone? That's always something I've I've always wondered. <laughs> yeah, it's a, for me, it's been a long story. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I started writing comedy when I was like twelve or something. I wanted to be a humor writer, and I didn't really consider performing anything until I was about seventeen. And then I became obsessed with stand-up comedy, and I've uh, gone from there. But you know, my, my stuff at the beginning was very apolitical, um, observational, Seinfeld-style stuff. Um, that's where I got my humor. I mean, especially when you're that young, I think, like, early teens, uh, most people are not that politically aware. So mm -hmm. the kind of things striking you are just observations about the world. But then as I continued to progress, I, I mean, I just kind of saw what was going on in the world, watching the news and seeing through the, the craft news we get most of the time. and. <laughs> Uh, I felt like things needed to be in my comedy because it's uh, what I cared about. And so nowadays I, I find humor mainly in the insanity of our world. You know, I mean, yeah. the number one thing, the number one thing I think about uh, for a new bit is like if I read a news story and I'm like, no freaking way. <laughs> it's like, that is insane. You know, like a good example was recently I did one on uh, Chevron 
the toxic 18 billion gallons of toxic sludge they dumped in the Amazon rainforest in Ecuador, and now they're suing the victims of the, their own toxic dumping. Yeah, and I have like that same reading, feeling, like, no way. <laughs> yeah, reading about that, I'm like, oh, my God. I mean, Darth Vader during his pedophile years would look down on that. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I know. So that, you, I that's kind of where I get it from. What are some of, like, the more pivotal moments for you where you kind of, uh, cause you know, I didn't realize that we had systemic problems. I was kind of lumped into the two party, you know, divide and conquer left versus right thing, put you into a box. And, uh, and, and, and if I can, if I considered myself as an independent in the beginning, it was really, I was just confused and just had a hodgepodge of beliefs, uh, what I got from TV and, and just to be, you know, like, uh, not polarized r- rather than the type of independent that I am now. Um, some one of some of those moments for me was um, first of all seeing a lot of these uh, independent candidates like a Gary Johnson or Jill Stein get excluded from the debates made me realize the corruption of the media. Another one was uh, why cannabis is illegal because it causes cancer cells to kill themselves. That was another pivotal moment for me. What 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 are some of the pivotal moments for you that were, led you to more of an awakening to our systemic problems? Yeah, it did. It took me a while to to get that past the uh, rah 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 Democrats thing. Um, and I think the reason is because the Democrats on paper stand for a lot of what I stand for or I believe in, but it, it took me a while to realize, oh, well, that's on paper. And then you look past it and you realize that 90% of the, on 90% of the structural issues of our country, uh, these two parties agree wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, yeah, it took me a while to get past that. I mean, I think it takes, I think it takes everybody and, uh, who, who eventually realizes that. It takes a long time and a lot of reading and a lot of research that you can't get on the regular media. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I mean, I think some of the things that really turned me was basically how the financial crisis was handled. Yep. Uh, you know, I mean, it's not that I didn't have hints of, of the fact that the two parties are, are kind of both wealthy uh, plutocracy parties, but I, it was like seeing that even after near global financial collapse, both these parties say, oh, yeah, let's just put some duct tape and bubble gum on that, and uh, we're just going to keep pillaging the way we were before and allow Wall Street to. So, it's, I mean, once you see that, it's like, well, well what kind of wake-up call would it take for you, let's say, to, uh, <laughs> to, uh, to realize that this, that this is, is a destructive way of living, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. What, what, what did you make of, of Goldman Sachs funding both Obama and Romney equally? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of the big money. A lot of the big money plays both sides. And you, you look at, uh, you know, I interviewed on the Moment of Clarity uh, podcast, I interviewed Greg Pallas, who does great investigative work and uh, really impressive uh, investigative work for years and years. And, you know, he talks about how the, the, the Koch brothers helped get Bill Clinton into office. And, really? I mean, <laughs> you know, yeah. And, and his, his quote was, you know, why bet on a horse in the horse race when you can own the whole track? So. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's kind of it's 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 shocking to see the kind of twilight zone that we have. Uh, like like what you mentioned, uh, Democrats are good on paper. It seems like it's kind of a way to take people who are have revolutionary thoughts and then uh, direct them in a direction that might not change anything. So Democrats saying that they're against the one percent while simultaneously being funded by the one percent. It's like they're saying stuff at the podium, but then you look behind the podium, the hand 
of Wall Street is so far up their ass that they're using their hand to move their mouth. <laughs> as, I like to, as I like to say, there's, there's so much Wall Street money up their asses that they're belching origami. <laughs> what, do you think, what do you think some of their favorite types of origami would be? <laughs> uh, it'd, be it'd be, you know, the, the, the doves, the, the peace, the yeah. peace symbol, right? Yeah, and then so after that's, that, that's, that's, what a, out, that's what comes out of their mouth. <laughs> and then the next uh, one would be a we drone. Want, we, want, we, we want peace as long as we're making billions from war. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, what do you make of, because um, I heard a lot of arguments uh, that Obama had to pursue these wars to get a fractional amount of neocons to vote for him in 2012 so that Obama, or no, so that Romney wouldn't win and therefore he could pass health care. What, what do you make of the need to kill children in order to pass health care? That is essentially like Romney care, a corporate health industry bailout package. <laughs> well, that is the, the most uh, <laughs> apologetic argument. I mean, you've got to do some real... Well, uh, uh, mental gymnastics, you know, more in order to in order to come to that conclusion, you're going to do more mental gymnastics than Donald Trump does in the morning to convince himself he's sexy. So, <laughs> hey, he kind of uh, is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. For for all the woodland creatures that relate to his hairpiece. Um, uh, yeah, no, it's. I mean, you know, even if there's there's that. Oh well, he needs to behave a certain way to get a certain number of votes. The idea of like I'm going to continue to be at war for years and years and watch soldiers die and civilians die from drone bombings and have Americans on kill lists so that I can attract twelve right wing voters. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, that's that's the only reason you would come up with that idea is if you really wanted to believe that Obama is just the most wonderful guy in the world. And he was just doing whatever he could to pass health care. It's pretty preposterous. Exactly. And that was all proven wrong when he continued the wars past his, in his second term when you would think there would be... Well, a... well right. And, and, and by all accounts I've seen, the only reason he left Iraq was because Iraq passed a, a law saying that we weren't immune to their laws anymore. Like, yep. our, basically, our troops would begin being prosecuted for everything they're doing over there, and that's why he had to get them out of there. It's not, it's not like he was just some uh, uh, peacenik that wanted <laughs> the, war, the war in Iraq to end. Hey, man. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, him, him with his, him with his uh, little peace beret and grateful <laughs> dead necklace on. <laughs> for those just joining, I'm speaking with Lee Camp. He's a comedian. You can check it out at LeeCamp.net. Um, tell us uh, a bit about your investigation into the NDAA and uh, and uh, uh, what your take was on it and what you t- how you talked about it with Chris Hedges, who actually mounted a lawsuit against it directly. Against- it was Hedges v. Obama. Yeah, Chris Hedges, um, along with some others, sued the Obama White House uh, or Ooh. took them to court over NDAA. Because under it, I mean, not not just the other problems with it, but under it, journalists can be locked up for, quote-unquote, providing material support, you know, for terrorist groups. I mean, Chris Hedges himself, because he was a war correspondent for the New York Times, has met with something like 15 or 17 terrorist groups um, in order to get the stories. So the fact that he could be locked away forever without a trial or charges is, you know, I, I mean, I love that the, the, the Constitution has now just become this, like, this like a document that everyone tries to ignore, uh, uh, but it, you know, occasionally won't shut the hell up like a like a poorly trained Jack Russell Terrier or Simon uh, Orion Seacrest. Um, it's 
I mean, it's completely against everything in our in our constitution. And people want to think that, oh, well, it's only for for hardcore terrorists that they could be locked up without a trial or charges. But it actually says in the bill, it says you could be locked up forever without a trial or charges for quote unquote suspected acts of belligerence. <laughs> like that's my entire career. All right, <laughs> that is all I do. Is just be belligerent, cantankerous, combative, <laughs> truculent, and, and also I knit little doilies with cats on them. And hey, you're right. on this radio show right now doing that, so be careful. You might just get us both in Guantanamo. <laughs> we could be we could be cellmates. <laughs> Seriously, and the other laughable part of it is that you you can only be locked away forever without a, uh, without charges uh, until the end of hostilities. <laughs> That's coming any day now. <laughs> Any day, the end of hostilities, just around the corner. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's totally one of the most crazy things, and now they're they're broadening the definition of what a domestic terrorist is. It could be me for being anti- it includes anti-war activists, those who support an audit of the Federal Reserve, people who support alternative political parties, uh, people who question the official story of 9-11. Uh, Muslims, uh, go, going down the list, it's, it's, it seems like uh, I I hate when I hear the just the justification of it. Well, oh, it's for all the foreigners, like as if you know people become less human when they exist on another side of a borderline. Uh, you know these things. Uh, when we say it's okay for foreigners, it comes back to haunt us, and, and uh, it's not okay. And I'm pretty situation. sure I saw that in a science book that anybody outside the U.S. is seventy percent human. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's. Uh... Pretty horrifying, and and yeah, I mean it's the old, you know, no matter how many times this this idea gets repeated, people need to keep being reminded of it. It's that great quote by the uh, I believe priest or something after World War II, where you know they they came for the the Jews and I didn't speak up because I wasn't Jewish, and they came for the homosexuals and I didn't speak up because I wasn't homosexual, and they came for the gypsies and I didn't speak up because I wasn't a gypsy, and then they came for me and there was no one left to speak up. Couldn't have said it better myself. Um, that's how that's, that's how we're seeing it now. And so whenever people say, "Oh, it's, yeah, it's only the Muslims, it's only the foreigners, it's only the immigrants," it's, yeah, well, eventually they they get down to you because there's no one left on the list. Yeah, exactly. It's it, the the NDAA is definitely a, a pretty dangerous thing, and and they're uh, they're defending it left and right. Um, what, what do you make about certain cities are um, certain cities are standing up and passing yeah. uh, bills saying that they won't enforce it in their own city, which, you know, I, I don't know legally how much that does, but I think it, it, it puts forward a strong statement that that local governments are not willing to stand for this uh, uh-huh. crap-tastic ridiculousness. <laughs> and and uh, I think there should be more of that. I think uh, local governments should stand up against this, uh, you know, borderline fascist behavior. Yeah, actually, uh, I, I know the guy that's uh, doing all that. Um, he's actually should be speaking with you at the United We Stand Festival May 10th at UCLA, and I'm actually looking at a at a thing that I you know keep on my clipboard, uh, stop the NDAA, take back Encinitas, a phone tree that I'm creating so I could put that in the town that I live in here in California, uh, anti-NDAA amendment. What I liked about the ones that they, he was pushing is that it, it has a thing where you could charge a federale with a, a felony for violate or uh, for violating somebody's rights for enforcing the NDAA, um, which uh, you know puts the teeth into it because if federal federal agents can get go around and do what they want, then they're kind of you know Robocop, fascist police uh, people like like you said. Um, can can you can you uh, for this radio show urge the people of 
the townships of North County, San Diego to pass anti-NDAA amendments because they've all been getting money from Homeland Security to be compliant with the Patriot Act and stuff like that? <laughs> yeah, do that, people. Right on. You heard it on this radio show. Yeah. Lee Camp wants you to pass. I, I, I think it's I think it's incredibly important, and we're you know we're seeing the continued militarization of the police, which is what you're kind of mentioning. Um, insane amounts of military uh, uh, weaponry and everything being sold to local police stations. SWAT teams being used. I can't remember the numbers, but SWAT teams, you know, are used a, a, a ridiculous amount more than they were just 10 years ago, you know, for, yeah. for every small crime or, or uh, need to get into someone's home, they bring out some massive uh, army. And, you know, we, we were supposed to have laws against that, yeah. against uh, turning our, our police into military. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and actually, uh, in my town, they gave $300,000 to the fire department and the strings attached was, you know, to be compliant with the Patriot Act. Because, uh, I mean, what, what, what possible reasons do you think the Patriot Act has to do with fire safety? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, fire is a, a terrorist, and you never know what it's up to. So. Yeah, he could be a dangerous left-wing Muslim truther. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so so you're, uh, you, you do a lot to make activism uh, fun. Um, talk about how you've been uh, doing uh, kind of like headlining shows with a, another kind of like a conscious music band called Rooftop Revolutionaries, and you're actually going to be performing with them at uh, UCLA May 10th, also with Public Enemy and the Wu-Tang Clan, kind of just to say hell to the no with a two-party system, put them down for good like they're rotten potatoes. Talk, talk a little bit more about combining activism with uh, fun and, and uh, entertainment. Yeah, I mean, I think that People are beginning to wake up about what's going on in the in the world in general. You know, the globalization and the pillaging of all our natural resources. Yep. This, you know, uh, people are starting to wake up, and I think an important part of that waking up is to not just uh, have not just get the information across in a preach, uh, preachy, professorial manner. I mean, there's a there's a place for that, but there's also a big need for artists of all stripes to to put forward the message, um, both positive message of the fact that we can stand up, you know, get past this learned helplessness, past this apathy, but also, you know, get the facts out there, get out, get, get the information out there in different forms that people are willing to sit through. I mean, we are in the ADD generation. People have the attention span of a mongoose on map. <laughs> so you've got to find ways to kind of put the pills in with the applesauce and, and, and trick people almost into, into watching. And, and uh, you know, and, and, and that's not even to say that all people are, that everybody in this country is, is some kind of child or, chimpanzee but it's like even even me i you know i can't watch i can't often occasionally but i can't often watch an hour lecture but i can certainly watch a, a three-minute song about the same topic yep. or a three-minute uh, comedy rant about the same topic so uh you know that's the goal is and and there's people out there there's people out there listening to this right now that have some sort of talent whether it be some kind of arts and crafts or painting or singing or whatever and, you know, perhaps inserting their politics into their art uh, can both give it more meaning and, uh, and allow them to feel like they're taking that step forward when they, when they weren't able to before. Yeah, definitely. And a lot of that actually has to do with media. It's like uh, for, uh, for every time they mention Obama or Romney, they mention Gary Johnson and Jill Stein zero times. And like the, the, 
that's a kind of an affront to journalism. It's using the gatekeeper role to abuse it. And uh, if they were to be fair, it would be Obama went to this town today. Romney went to this town today. And Gary Johnson went to this town today. And Jill Stein went to this town today. But well, they didn't... And, and you're almost being easy on them by yeah. just saying they don't mention it. I mean, Jill Stein was arrested yeah. and, oh. and locked and, and locked underneath the debates in a in a in a dark room with yeah. uh, with Sherry Honkala, her vice presidential candidate. Indefinitely detained. Hours, no charges, no trials. Chained to a chair and during the debate and with an armed guard. And she said at one point, she's, you know, she's a four foot five or whatever, a uh, 60-year-old woman. She, she said to the guard, hey, we're not going to leave the room. Can you just unchain us from the chairs because it's very uncomfortable? And he said, no. It's wow. very important that this, this presidential candidate uh, be chained to this chair during our presidential debate. And, I mean, the fact that people don't know about that and the fact that they're not furious about it is yeah. outrageous. Yeah, I, 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 I actually almost got arrested myself protesting uh, outside NBC in San Diego uh, for debate inclusion. Um, and, then, and then the cops just ended up uh, surveilling us. And, and there, were only, like, there were only three of us, so it was easy to take advantage. So we scattered around just to mess with them. So the, uh, just on me, I had five police officers just staring at me from different vantage points. It was pretty creepy and, a, and definitely very... Did you, at least, uh, did you at least give them a good show? You know, maybe yeah. some body paint? For them? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, t talk about how, like, you know, what you're doing with alternative media, not your moment of clarity podcast is both entertaining and enlightening. Talk about how, you know, uh, going past the mainstream media and just, you know, doing your own media, the value of it. Yeah, I've, uh, you know, there's a lot of channels that won't really have me on, even though I'm a comedian, yeah. they, they don't want, they don't want comedians that are, have a strong point of view, uh, I mean, a strong political point of view. So I'm just kind of doing my own thing uh, for now. And it's, uh, yeah, it's on YouTube. It's If people just look up Lee Camp and Moment of Clarity or go to LeeCamp.net, they can find it. And I've put, about, I've put out about 280 of them. I do two a week. People can watch them for free. And, and you know, I, I try and make the, the message, the information, and the comedy uh, on equal on an equal playing field, you know, they're, yep. they're, they're pretty, they're pretty uh, equal in terms of my desire to, uh, to achieve them. So it's, uh, you know, if I, on the days I'm succeeding, it's, it's both very funny and, and very informative. So, uh, people have been big fans of it and, and it's really exciting to see everyone really get into it, you know, and, and uh, I love the, the range in demographic. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm doing these shows in Los Angeles and parents are bringing their 14 year olds out, uh, <laughs> despite my occasional bad words and, and then I'll see 65 and 70 year olds out there who are telling me, uh, you know, thank goodness, uh, someone under 60 is talking about this stuff. And so it's, it's pretty incredible to the, the people that are excited about it. Yeah. And for those just joining, check it out at leecamp.net. I'm here speaking with comedian Lee camp. Um, so uh, actually, uh, just on a tangent, I, I, I wanted to kind of throw in that maybe, uh, you know, Jill Stein was not charged with a crime when she was arrested as a presidential candidate outside that debate, and she was indefinitely detained for a number of hours that she probably didn't even know how long it was going to last. I'm wondering if that's an NDAA conditioning or not. Well, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious why they didn't charge her with anything. It's because they, she didn't commit they any knew crime. that. 
they didn't commit any crime, and they knew that it would be a bigger news story yeah. if they had to fight it in court, and they knew they would lose the court battle. So really, the goal was just to sideline her during the debate. It's, it's oh, yeah. you know almost it's almost worse because they know that they're legally they they have no right to do it. Exactly. So let's move back onto the topic of mainstream media. You did this incredibly ballsy thing. You went on Fox News, and you actually went on. Why don't I let you tell us what what uh, words of truth you delivered to the face of these uh, clowns? <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, it was actually in 2008, but it, the it's really kind of timeless because I think there's a lot of people, millions of people out there that have been waiting for it to happen for a long time. So. <laughs> Uh, I was invited on Fox News. They knew I was a left-wing comedian, but they figured that I would play. I would play nice because everyone who goes on there who wants to be invited back and wants to continue to get the publicity yeah. of being on a major network uh, does play along. And that you know, they, they were expecting jokes about Mike Huckabee, but they weren't expecting me to do what I did, which was call them a parade of propaganda and a festival of ignorance. And I told <laughs> everyone at home to turn off the TV and do something more important with their lives. And, um, they, uh, they, they quickly uh, cut me off, and uh, I, for, for some odd reason, have not been invited back. But uh, did, did they, it, uh, I didn't know. Did they toss you out Will Smith style like the Fresh Prince? <laughs> like uh, Jesse Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, they did not. Although it's pretty funny because they actually pretended as if they did because they wanted they wanted that Rawr. to be like like ha ha yeah look how tough we are. So basically, I after I said it, I got up and, and walked out of the studio. No one said a word. I mean, you could see people were furious, but basically it was just dead silent, like this furious kind of silence. And uh, I walked straight out of the building, grabbed my stuff, walked out of the building, and then I didn't find out till later that once they came back from commercial, they told the audience that they had physically ejected me from the building. <laughs> um, but, uh, but anyway, what I was going to say is uh, it ended up going viral. You know, I didn't think anyone was going to see it other than uh, whoever watches Fox News at 7 a.m. on a Saturday, <laughs> but it people put it online and now it has it's, I mean it's up in about a hundred different places so millions and millions of views and nice. I think it's this catharsis people people have been waiting for that to, to, for that truth to be said on their own airwaves and and you know there's little moments like that around our culture and and it shows how important they are that they kind of add up you, you know whether it's Colbert at the press court dinner or or John Stewart on Crossfire, or you know, there's these little moments that that people uh, need to remember yeah. as to as to the truth being spoken. Yeah, or Lupe Fiasco at the inaugural ball saying Gaza Strip was getting bombed. Obama didn't say. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> yep. 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 And um, then he was uh, slowly, slowly kicked off stage. Yeah, he was definitely Jazzy Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So so let's talk a bit about uh the Trans-Pacific Partnership. It's called the TPP. Do you think it would be uh, more appropriate as just being used as TP? Yeah, and actually one of the better sites uh, about it is called Flush the TPP, uh, <laughs> done by Margaret Flowers and, and Kevin Zeese. Awesome. Um, yeah, people need to find out about these trade deals because what, you know, trade deals sound so innocent. It sounds like, oh, they're just, they're just uh, deciding how we should ship, how many logs we should ship over to England. We're just going <laughs> to, it's just a bill to tell us what to do with our logs. 
But no, it's uh, right. it basically <laughs> destroys our our democracy. It's incredibly secretive. It's being decided by 600 corporate lobbyists in the Obama White House and 13 nations, and that's just the Trans-Pacific Partnership. There's another one on the other side of the country called the Trans-Atlantic Trade and Investment yeah. Partnership. It's essentially the same thing with the EU. Um, yeah. And these trade deals, uh, I think, you know, it's tough to shrink it all down to a few sentences, but I think the best way to put it was what Chomsky said, which is uh, trade deals are designed to, quote-unquote, minimize the risk of democracy <laughs> for corporate profits. Yep. All right, so this is... These are corporations worried that democracy will get in the way of them making buttloads of money. And so what they do is they pass these trade deals that mean that no matter who gets into office, no matter what the people stand up for, the trade deal will have cemented their corporate profits into law. And uh, Alan Grayson, who is one of the few people that got to see the actual TPP document, uh, said that it feeds our sovereignty as a nation to corporations. Exactly. And, and as an example, one of the things is uh, GMO. Actually, just today, Governor of Connecticut, despite California and Washington being so behind the times, Governor of Connecticut signs GMO labeling. Uh, since that's on the Atlantic side, if the Transatlantic Partnership passes, oh, your GMO ba uh, labeling thing is overturned because that interferes with our corporate profits. So it's like basically a global Monsanto Protection Act so we can get uh, food with no nutrition in it. Right. It's, I mean, that's a, that's a perfect example is, is a local area saying we want something because we feel it's safer for us. We feel it's better for us. We don't like GMOs. We want them tested. We don't know what they're doing to our bodies. And uh, oh, yeah. corporations saying, sorry, because of this trade deal, uh, we get to do whatever the hell we want. We get to run wild, which means, you know, the whole country is going to end up looking like Youngstown, Ohio, which <laughs> until tw uh, up until 2011 had had zero earthquakes. And since fracking started there in 2011, they've yeah. had 109 earthquakes. <laughs> and it's because corporations are allowed to do whatever the hell they want. Um, you know, and, and everyone thought that the, 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 People in Youngstown, Ohio, were just really into twerking. But no, <laughs> it, it turns out there's fracking earthquakes going on. Yep. Another, another thing, it's kind of like a global war on journalism. I actually uh, wore a pen camera into Feinstein's office when I met with their staffer on the issue of the defined journalism bill. And uh, I asked, does it mention WikiLeaks.org? No. Uh, do, do you guys want to, you know, like assassinate Julian Assange? Well, we, we can't say that. Uh, are, are people considered journalists only if they make a salary? Well, we not, we don't know that. Uh, even though they handed me the summary and it says, yes, you are only a journalist if you make a salary. WikiLeaks.org is specifically mentioned as somebody that will not be covered under this bill. And if you are associated with foreign powers or foreign terrorists or domestic terrorists, you're not a journalist. So basically anybody like you or me, and, and the, way, the way it plugs into uh, the TPP is is that it ties into a global SOPA as well. So you tie in the global war on journalism to global internet regulations so they could come into your or my website, be like, click, shut down, uh, no more Lee Camp, no more Free Thought Radio. <laughs> what do you make of that? Yeah, for, for those uh, who, who haven't uh, haven't heard of it or, or whatever, didn't keep up with it, SOPA was the bill that, that would have restricted the internet and basically meant that the, the government can decide what to shut down and when and um, and it was beat back. It was beat back by popular demand, people standing up and fighting against it. And, and now that same, those same stipulations are in the Trans-Pacific Partnership. So yep. basically, 
limiting the Internet or giving government control over the Internet is something the corporations desperately want because this freedom of information, freedom of, of commerce, and, and freedom of thought is not good for them. So they're doing it by every way they, they can. You know, they tried this open pipe of bills that have failed, so now they're going a different route, which is trade deals and, and sometimes local lawsuits. I know there's some net neutrality uh, uh, court stuff going on in kind of local areas around the country. And, um, and it reminds me of, uh, of uh, to, to, sorry, this is a spoiler alert for those who haven't seen World War Z, <laughs> but uh, in, in that zombie movie, it turns out the zombies, which are running zombies, these are the new fast zombies, they, they've been training in the off-season, uh, <laughs> they, they're all sprinting towards the humans, but they're avoiding, they're flooding around all the sick humans, because they don't want the sick humans. So you see, like, this flood of angry, ravenous zombies just going around the sick humans. Well, that's basically what corporations do with democracy. <laughs> they try to, they're, they're trying to pass, uh, inter, you know, take away Internet freedom, and they're running, they, they ran into Sofa and Pipa, so they're flooding around it. They're like, okay, well, that didn't work. Where, where, where else can we suck the blood of, uh, uh, eat the brains of, of this democracy? Well, we can do it with trade deals. Yeah, I would hope it'd be more like a smoke of the pipe, uh, and then they maybe legalize marijuana. <laughs> but that's a different situation. Uh, <laughs> um, so, so uh, tell us a bit about um, uh, uh, what you've got going on. Uh, talk a little bit about you know speaking uh, at the United We Stand Festival and playing you know tours with Rooftop Revolutionaries. Unfortunately, the show's going to air when those uh, few strings of tour dates are already done. But talk about give, give our uh, our listeners an idea of where they can catch you in the future. Yeah, I mean, I'm always touring, so if people want to check out my live schedule, it's at leecamp.net slash schedule. And, uh, I, you know, I do a lot of live shows. I've been, I've been a stand-up comedian for uh, 15 years, so it's, uh, it's not only uh, the, the nerdy conversations about trade deals. Um, it's, uh, it's a pretty funny show, and, I, and, I, and like I said, I've been trying to combine it with other, uh, other artists, music, or whatever else, and... Uh, so, yeah, I get around the country. I do a lot of international touring as well. And if you want to keep up with all that, I've, I have a podcast, which is just audio, and then I have the videos, obviously. And I have uh, live comedy albums as well, if people want to check those out on iTunes and stuff. So um, I'm kind of hitting every different form of uh, medium. I'm thinking of going to smoke signals soon um, as well. You should let me and, know about uh, that one. I, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm taping a new DVD uh, probably in February, or March, or something. So awesome! So, do you have any final uh, words, topics you want to touch on for our listeners? Any kind of jokes before we uh, sign off? <laughs> <laughs> uh, keep f you, 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 you people out there. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I will just say this one thing that that talking about these issues, uh, saying them to friends and family, and posting them on Facebook is not always easy. I, I understand that people people will tell you you're too political. I, I'm told I'm too political all the time. Whether I'm I'm told I'm too political to perform at college campuses or to be on certain TV shows and every children's birthday party I perform at, they <laughs> they sign a plain form that says, oh, we didn't like that the clown put the balloon animals inside cages and said they were factory farm balloon animals. <laughs> but here's the thing. Whenever people tell you that, this, can, this is your response. Write it down. You can use it whatever you want. Whenever people tell you being too political or they tell you to shut up and not ruffle feathers, they're taking a political stance. 
that is in defense of the status quo. It is as political as talking about these issues. So when people tell you to shut up or be quiet or, 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 or you know, take it easy, you know, don't, don't talk about these things because it upsets people, tell them they're taking an equally political stance. They're saying everything's fine. Just ignore the fact that the top 1% has the same amount of wealth as the bottom 40%. Just ignore all that and go back to your fried onion cheesy poppers. Right on. Well, I've been speaking here with Lee Camp, comedian and author and podcast host. Check it out on iTunes, A Moment of Clarity and LeeCamp.net. Lee, thank you again very, very much for joining the program. Thanks, man. Keep fighting out there. All right. And if you missed any part of the episode and want to catch the rest or the whole interview with comedian and activist Lee Camp at LeeCamp.net, uh, you can subscribe to the podcast for Free Thought Radio. You could simply go to freethoughtmedia.org, scroll all the way down there to the bottom, and click on the link that tells you to subscribe to the podcast, or just go directly to iTunes, search for Free Thought, look for Free Thought AAC, subscribe, and it will be up tomorrow, or just simply listen to LRN.FM's weekly podcast loop. Yeah, the, Lee Camp seems like a funny dude. You know, I mean,. As much as, you know, a lot of the topics we talk about get to be, uh, you know, pretty dark sometimes, if you can't laugh while the world is burning a little bit, like, I, I, I don't yeah. know what to tell you. You have to you have to learn how to laugh yeah. about it. Don't feel bad about it. Yeah, because, I mean, if you sit back and look at it, it is funny. It's so nutty to not laugh about it. Like, I almost think there's something wrong yeah. with you, you know? Like it, I mean, I can't laugh at necessarily, like, children getting murdered, but I can laugh at the political circus and how John McCain's ridiculous. <laughs> well, yeah, like exactly like that. It, you know, it, it's it's just, you know, these little proclamations and edicts and I am the Emperor Barrio. Listen to me. You know, it's 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 so funny. You know, I mean I I mean think about it. Every time I do the news, there's at least one headline or two whether I'm reading it or Alex is reading it and I just start laughing before it's even, before we're even done with it. It's just like what's going on? Yep. Um, so if you want to check out Lee Camp, he's going to be performing at the United We Stand Festival, unitedwestandfest.com, with one of the bands we're going to play up here in a second, Rooftop Revolutionaries, Public Enemy, Wu-Tang Clan, Playing for Change, and Lee Camp. Um, and, yes, and Lee Camp. Yeah, unitedwestandfest.com, UCLA, May 10th. Um, a couple events coming up. You're going to want to go to this one Friday, December 20th. 4 p.m., the Civic Center, downtown San Diego, is the Occupy San Diego, uh, you know, thing for the houseless charity event. Uh, it's Or the hashtag, if you're into the Anon stuff, Op Safe Winter. Um, preferably warm clothes and necessities, uh, not so much food, although if you want to make sure that they have non-GMO food to, you know, s send a message as well at the same time of helping people out. And, hey, making sure that they actually have good food that puts nutrients in them instead of uh, destroys their bodies. Uh you know, a can of non-GMO beans with the label on it or whatever, and um, or a backpack or a, or a reusable bag or any, anything. Just come down to the Civic Center 4 p.m. this Friday, December 20th, and help the houseless while uh, getting rekindled the Occupy flame because we do get, do good things. And then three days after that, December 23rd, happy birthday to the Fed. Woo. December 23rd, 1913. Passage of the Federal Reserve Act when nobody was in Congress and they barely even read the bill and, and they didn't even have to because they were paid off by Rockefellers and Rothschilds to pass the Federal Reserve Act. So we're going to wish 
the Fed, a hun happy 100th anniversary right here in San Diego. We're going to meet at the Federal Building for a protest. Noon, the Federal Building downtown right there on Front Street. And conveniently, it's right across the street from a Chase Bank with their little, like, you know, <laughs> circle logo, which if you take a look at the back of the eye, eye on the back of the dollar bill, it's kind of a little similar looking. And Merrill Lynch. But we'll just yell at them and they'll hear us. But we're actually going to go to Bank of America and ha write a nice big birthday card on their sidewalk using chalk. So we're going to chalkupy. Right. We're going to chalkupy Bank of America. Uh, we have some cool speakers. We have Nick, who's the host in the third hour of the show, the anti-media. We've got Nathan from the California Cannabis Hemp Initiative. Going to talk about how Hearst was involved with the Fed and Rockefeller is involved with the Fed. Rockefeller took over the AMA, American Medical Association, for you know shifting it in the allopathic direction. Got myself speaking and a couple other folks. Going to be really cool. Um, you know, if if the these banking cartel criminals are stealing wealth out of your pocket, and you don't have to be a libertarian for them to steal wealth out of your pocket. If you're working that minimum wage job that doesn't pay for anything, and, and the Fed keeps inflating away the dollars, so you know the bankers get more profit and they could print more money to pay for more wars. I mean, if we can't even get ten people to just say a peaceful protests you know say happy birthday to the fed uh we need to we need to change our our priorities because the fed's a very important issue yeah so. when, it, when it comes to the fed you know it's uh you know every time and i'm not saying like tomorrow don't use dollars anymore i understand how complicated of a task that is i'm not saying that if you can do that tomorrow that'd be awesome but you see for every dollar that they put out and every dollar that you use you're just supporting the status quo is as the way it is now. And yep. so, you know, and it, you know, and you, and you have to pay your taxes with, with these paper notes that don't mean anything and aren't worth anything really. And, you know, it, it, you think about it like counter economics, like get around that. Don't do this. Don't support the machine. Bitcoin. Yeah. Or, you know, just gold, silver, just bartering. I don't care if you're selling, you know, you're, if you're exchanging dots and hounds for BMWs, it doesn't matter, <laughs> you know? And I'm not saying like, don't pay your taxes. What I'm saying is, is that Alexander Haig said, go ahead and let them protest as long as they pay their taxes. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to, we're going to get some music. This first one is a song by Rooftop Revolutionaries because they just did like, you know, a couple strings of tours with comedian Lee Camp. This one's actually uh, a request from homegirl Christina Tobin, friend of the show. Woo! After that is, oh, it's called Save Us, by the way. Forgot to mention that. After that is a song called Civil War by Immortal Technique featuring Chuck D and Brother Ali. It's definitely right it's definitely a very powerful song. And I like uh, Brother Brother Ali is a Muslim and he uh, talks about, uh, you know, the surveillance state. He talks about the, the line from the song. And I'm going to repeat it because it's just so powerful. Microscopes on us. Ask if we're jihadists. My answer is in line with all of the founding fathers. I think Patrick said it best. Give me liberty or death. I shall never accept anything less. Right on. Word. Let's get a shirt with that on it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so, so this is "Save Us" by Rooftop Revolutionaries, and then after that, "Civil War" by Immortal Technique, featuring Chuck D of Public Enemy, because both Public Enemy and the Rooftop Revolutionaries are going to be at this uh, UnitedWeStandFest.com that Lee Camp, the guest in this hour, was, is going to be at. So we'll be back at the other end of these songs with the premiere of the new Cynic song. Uh, from their album that's coming out in February for the first time on terrestrial radio, and we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit about that after this. But save us by Rooftop Revolutionaries, and then after that, Civil War 
by Mortal Technique with Chuck D from Public Enemy and Brother Ali. I'm going to have to like, dig into my piggy bank to go see that show. KKSM, freethoughtmedia.org. just want to do God's will and he's allowed me to go up to the mountain and I've looked over and I've seen the promised land I may not get there with you but I want you to know the night that we as a people will get to the promised land So I'm happy tonight, I'm not worried 
about anything. I'm not fearing any man. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. Yeah. You know what? A mortal technique. Kill a mic. Like a prison with invisible bars No matter where you at it always follows you where you are And it's hard out there for a pimp to get out of But it's harder for the hooker that he beat the shit out of I got underground in the confederate states Ironically running from slavery that prison creates So I never hate on the south I respect their vision I just hate on that promote Samboism and white execs that love to see us in that position They reflect the stereotypes of America's vision They want us dancing, cooning and hollering Only respect us for playing sports and modeling More than racism, it's stay in your placism All people are trapped in practical black faceism So f*** a civil war between the North and the South It's between field and slaves that are stuck in the house Civil war for the soul of a nation This is a struggle to save civilization Demonstrations overthrowing the occupation The annihilation of mental colonization Civil war for the soul of a nation We fight for the future of our civilizations Destroy the corrupt government organizations Trying to survive cultural assassination Rip, blood, essays, Asians Why the fuck we born with each other's population The devil wanna dead
Civil War by Mortal Technique featuring Chuck D of Public Enemy and Brother Ali. And before that, Save Us by Rooftop Revolutionaries. Our guest for this hour was comedian and activist Lee Camp. LeeCamp.net. Check it out. Just go to freethoughtmedia.org. Scroll to the bottom. There's a link there to get you straight to iTunes so that you can subscribe and, hey, rate the podcast and download the older episodes because, like, like we said before, it's not like we just churn out a thing every day and hope it sticks like everything has like something cool to it groundbreaking uh, headlines that the mainstream media ignores on purpose because they're tool of the empire and also like with the episode with cindy sheehan like my favorite guitarist josh christian of the band toxic spelled with a k by the way you know hosted like the first hour of the entire show that doesn't happen very often in any like or you could just, you know, download it if you miss us. You know, yeah. I mean, if you're just like, wow, those guys, they're gone. Go back in time. Go, we, we have a f- podcast up there straight to fe- uh, February, January. See where we're at, where, how we've grown and everything like that. Um, but for those that are just tuning in, uh, again, if you miss Lee Camp, uh, go freethoughtmedia.org. Scroll to the bottom. Click on the uh, link to the iTunes to subscribe. But we're also going to make – this is a big deal because we're going to premiere – the new Cynic song uh, called The Lion's Roar right now. Um, for those that don't know Cynic, um, they were a band that kind of formed in the 80s in Florida um, around the death metal scene, but they they weren't like one of those like satanic bands or whatever. They actually... Um, Not ta- that there's anything wrong with Satan. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> um, and for, I mean, I listen to a lot of metal. Most of the satanic stuff is like tongue-in-cheek. They're not actually Satanists and... And a lot of it's just gore, which has, you know, just horror movies has nothing to do with, uh, you know, whatever. Um, but it's all just corn syrup, right? I yeah. Mean. <laughs> but um, so Cynic was like, this guy's like a gnarly, like, not like a Buddhist where they worship Buddha as a deity, but it, like he's, you know, very spiritual and um, writes song. Well, it's kind of like, you know, the Kriya Yoga, you know, Kriya Yoga metal. But actually, when I went to a cynic show, and actually I was interviewing uh, Chuck Schuldiner's nephew, um, Chris Steele, about this, and he's like, you know, when I went to go see Cynic, they were like the only band that, only metal band I've ever been to where they make the entire crowd do yoga. <laughs> really? That's yeah. cool. <laughs> so they're they're like in, enlightening, kind of uh, really spiritual lyrics and everything like that. So they're a really awesome band. Um, this is death metal, but. Find your inner chi first. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean their first album was more death metal. This this the new stuff has gotten a little bit away from. But they're in a, they're a very unique band and sounds uh, like it. Yeah. Um, this is gonna be the first. They already released this song on YouTube. It's from their new album that's coming out February fourteenth in two thousand and fourteen. So they released this song, "The Lions Roar" on YouTube. But this is the first time we're playing it over terrestrial radio. So we're gonna premiere right now. This is we'll you know steal MTV's thing because they don't play music anymore. This is buzzworthy premiere um, of a new Cynic song from their album, upcoming album, Kindly Bent to Free Us. So you're listening to the, this is the top of the hour legal IT that I have to do. You're listening to KKSM, Oceanside, AM 1320, The Radio Revolution, and the Liberty Radio Network, Keene, New Hampshire, LRN.FM. We're premiering right now the new Cynic song, the Lion's Roar. And then after that, since Lee Camp's show is called Moment of Clarity, and actually, you know, Chuck Schuldiner, who was in a band with Paul from Cynic, uh, Chuck Schuldiner passed away 12 years ago on December 13th. So we always want to uh, take the episode closest to that and pay tribute to the late Chuck Schuldiner. So this is The Lion's Roar by Cynic. And then after that, 
A Moment of Clarity by Death featuring, you know, the late Chuck Schuldiner. So I hope you guys enjoy this new Cynic song. This is a first. KKSM, LRN.FM, and freethoughtmedia.org. Be right back. Enjoy.
KKSM. Broadcasting live from the campus of Palomar College. The Radio Revolution. If you're like me, you're tired of hearing commercial radio playing the same song every 30 minutes. You're probably tired of those funky stations with X and Y at the end of their name. What's the solution? Tune into the Soapbox with Jay every Tuesday from 9 to noon here at KKSM AM 1320 where I'll play anything from folk, rock, hip-hop, and just whatever I might find under the sun here at KKSM. The Free Thought Media Network is supported by Amaji Metals through their affiliate program. The Amaji Metals banner at freethoughtmedia.org contains a link that gives a portion of sales to us. Amaji is a retailer of alternative currencies to hedge against and divest out of the collapsing U.S. dollar, printed out of thin air by the private Federal Reserve bankers who use inflation to pay for their wars. Amaji has gold, silver, copper, and even $50 trillion Zimbabwe notes. Amaji accepts traditional forms of payment as well as Bitcoin. Our specialized Amaji link can be found on the Amaji Metals banner at freethoughtmedia.org. The Electronic Frontier Foundation, or EFF, fights to protect your rights in the digital world. When a patent troll threatened podcasters, they fought back. EFF has also defended your right to encryption and has sued the NSA to end the government's mass suspicionless surveillance. There are different ways you can help EFF, from donations to signing petitions to writing your representatives to just spreading the word. Find out more at EFF.org. That's EFF.org. The Free Thought Media Network is supported by Hippie Butter Hemp Seed Products. Through their affiliate program, the Hippie Butter banner at freethoughtmedia.org contains a link that allows a portion of your sales to support this show. Hippie Butter is 100% organic hemp seed food and skincare products. Hemp is not cannabis and contains no psychoactive THC, cannot get you high, and will not appear on any drug test. Hemp seed butter is a whole food soft meal for babies. Hemp seeds are a 100% organic, raw, and non-GMO source of proteins, omega fatty acids, and trace minerals. Our special hippie link can be found at freethoughtmedia.org. Let's see why the government's cracking down. Introducing the two drugs that are legal, alcohol and cigarettes, two drugs that do nothing for you whatsoever. And drugs that grow naturally upon this planet. Drugs that open your eyes up to make you realize how you're being f***ed every day of your life. Those drugs are against the law. Wow. Free Thought Radio, waking you up to the fact that you're being screwed by the system every day of your life since 2010. Only on KKSM AM 1320, the radio revolution, and LRN.FM, the radio network, freethoughtmedia.org. Welcome back to Free Thought Radio, part of the Free Thought Media Network. Free Thought TV is at freethoughtmedia.org. Just click on the TV icon. 
My name is Alex Fiddle. I am the journalist and founder of the Free Thought Media Network. And to my left is Mike Pastor, the host of the Free Thought Radio and contributor to the network itself. Hey there, hi there, ho there. How's it going? So um, I did this pretty interesting thing this weekend. Que pasó? Uh, I did Occupy Netanyahu. It was, he, was he in town? Uh, virtually. Virtually. He, there is this uh, conference uh, for Reform Judaism, and uh, I decided to go over there and demonstrate against them having Netanyahu give a speech via satellite, um, and he's the Prime Minister of Israel, and basically, you know, that Zionism is not the same as Judaism. You don't have to parade this war criminal around at your uh, conference. Separate the religion from the uh, dirtbag, criminal, mass-murdering politicians. He may or may not bathe in baby tears. May or may not. I may, don't know. May or may not. Not sure. Pretty, uh, pretty sure, though. Pretty if sure. the baby tears already go into the ground and he just uh, um, you know, feeds off their souls, um, sadly. Um, but And I'm not saying he tortures baby pandas, but he might also do that, too. <laughs> but So we, I went there, Palestinian flag and everything like that. Actually... Only got yelled at by one, like, uber Zionist. I'm sure people probably walked by and were like, we don't even want to start. Because uh, I've seen, I, actually, the guy that I interviewed, I, I had, a, like, an extensive Palestinian show uh, not too long ago. I had a, I had a Palestinian uh, refugee and activist that, from America, uh, as well as one of the heads of uh, Jews Against Zionism, uh, the, the more orthodox types. You see videos of him, and he holds a Palestinian flag, and then the Zionists come up to him, call him a safe, self-hating Jew, and then spit on him literally in his face. It's wow. disgusting, um, you know, for speaking his mind, saying that I don't want to be responsible for mass murder, um, you know, because everybody's individual, everybody's individual, individually responsible. Anybody that tries to place collective blame, you know, on an entire group of people for the actions of a bunch of madmen, murderers, extremists. Um, is is not helping this issue, or they're a government plant. Does, you know, the CIA and Israel's Mossad—they both have budgets set aside to pay off their special agents to sit around on Facebook all day and just be trolls or create and play fa- World of face- Warcraft. Yeah, they, I forgot about that yeah. for a second. Or wow. fake websites. Um, but but so we protested, and actually, uh, when when uh, we were there, we were at the street corner across the street from the convention center in San Diego. This guy walks by. I'm like, you know. I've kind of seen this guy before. This cool cat looks familiar. It was Miko Paled, author of The General Son, uh, an Israeli's journey, journey through Palestine. And he basically is the son of a, of a, you know, a gnarly Israeli military general from the original, like, you know, 1948 Nakba, you know, the big ethnic cleansing genocide that formed the state of Israel. Um, he saw, you know, he, he never knew the real history of, of just what kind of a horrible genocide the uh, Zionist invasion was, and then he realized that it was, and then he, him, both him and his father actually became peace, peace activists, and um, the people that were, like, sympathetic towards us that came up and said they were, I mean, I'm not, like, saying that they're completely bad people, but they were more two-state solution type things, and I think that's, you know, not feasible, and I just think the Israeli regime's illegitimate um, to begin with because of that genocide that uh, formed it. Um, that's why Miko, as you know, a, a former Zionist, um, uh, he supports abolishing the state of Israel entirely and a, a secular, you know, uh, neutral, uh, democratic, 
I, you know, I, as a libertarian, I support sort of, you know, pretty much a no state solution or a minarchist thing. But as long as it's a free Palestine, you know, he supports a one free Palestine, um, which makes him a little bit more radical. He was there with some people from Jewish Voice for Peace, a great, you know, anti-Zionist uh, coalition group. Um, they, I was reading Miko's tweets and he was like, all these racist Zionists were coming up to him and saying, I stole an Arab home and now I live on it and I'm proud of it. It's, wow. Yeah. I stole somebody else's house and I'm living in it and guess what? I like it and I like it a lot. Yeah. And before the protest, I actually tried to reach out to the convention organizer and say, can I get an interview with Netanyahu? Because <laughs> I did this when I interviewed the person from the Encinitas Water District about the fluoride thing. I, I fudged the truth. I, I just said I'm from this college radio thing and I'm looking to do a class project. Because if I said I was a journalist, they were just going to say no. Um, now, when you asked him, did they give you any sort of answer like, how much money do you have? No, they, they, they said, we're not handling Netanyahu's press thing. You're going to have to contact. So I found the email on his Facebook page, and I haven't gotten contacted back. Maybe it's because... It got routed to the NSA. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And, oh, <laughs> oh uh, <laughs> um, uh, Sad because it's true. I, I'd ask a lot of serious questions such as, hmm... Why did the original Zionists rub elbows with the Hitler regime? Um, that is interesting. What, what did you, Prime Minister Netanyahu, mean when you said that 9-11 was the best thing to happen to Israel? That's a damn good question. What did you mean by that? That is yeah. some shade ball stuff. And, and um, you know, since this... Um, actually, The Guardian picked up on this. Ron Paul Channel picked up on this. Is You know, remember how antiwar.com is suing the FBI? Yeah, that has to do because um, one of the writers wrote an article about, and this ties into a couple of congressmen are asking for uh, release of some 9/11 files re re result re regarding Saudi involvement, but actually uh, somebody uh, in regards to the antiwar.com thing, somebody FOIA'd um, for some files regarding the Israeli involvement in 9/11, where these dudes were like high-fiving each other while they were filming each other with the towers burning in the yeah. background. While we're asking That's for real. information about the Saudis, hey, wasn't there some Israeli dudes like laughing and being really happy while the towers are on fire? Can yeah. we look into that too? Yeah, I would totally ask Netanyahu that. <laughs> and actually, we're going to transition that to this next song that actually talks about that. And actually, since it has curse words in it, I, when I bleeped out the curse words, when the song fades out, I put in the report about the news report from a local CBS or uh, I think, yeah, it was CBS or ABC, one of the local New York affiliates... Um, talking about you know the plot to blow up the George Washington Bridge with a van full of explosives, those guys were arrested two, two Israeli agents. Aside from the the five is arrested uh, in New Jersey separately. Uh, they didn't have any bombs on them, but those were the guys that were the high fivers. Um, and you know, damn, our segues are good. Oh, they're amazing. I love them so much. I know Alex Jones throws out throws around the word psyop like it's no tomorrow, but. Here, he does, he does, he does, that's true. Here's a real psyop, because, you know, remember how we talked about, you know, how, like, people placing collective blame on all people when, like, you know, saying that it's every Jew is responsible? Like, that's not, that's that's stupid. You know, that's probably the Israeli government planting that just to discredit, you know, any kind of truth in this aspect, that it's those five individuals plus the government that they work for that are culpable, not everybody who's everybody, you know. You got you to gotta wait out the racists and go to the truth. Um, yeah, again, basically, collective blame yeah. is silly. CNN did this thing called 9-11 and anti-Semitism where they showed one of those fake websites that the Israeli government probably put up to cover their tracks, you know, with the, the derogatory picture of the Jewish guy or whatever. 
it was you know pretty horrible and then and then and then and, and it wasn't even showing the facts this was actually before you know the the leaked uh, re- heavily redacted document came out through the antiwar.com thing this year actually um, so that was a couple of years ago you know obviously if the facts hadn't been released the Israeli government made that website because they already knew what happened um, you know they made it and then it, it wasn't even like they were they were just like flashing these images like here's the website here's the website it comes up like and bam it's gone it's like it's so like psychologically message like makes you f- fear any kind of 9-11 truth basically their expert on the matter was somebody from the anti-defamation league which thinks that anybody who's anybody that criticizes israel is anti-semitic including jewish people so adl yeah, as an expert you you know it's a psyop you know it's they're and, trying to just and if you ever watch like one of those guys from a group like that how quickly they fall into uh uh, calling people anti-Semites. They do it yeah. so quick. It's ad hominem. It's like if you can't win the argument, you just call somebody a name. Yeah, it's, you know, I mean... They I, fail. <laughs> I, I've seen, like, I saw an interview one time with Ben Stein, and he did that real quick, too. He's yeah. just like, oh, and you're, uh, uh, you don't like Israel too much, huh? That, uh, are you Hitler? You know what I mean? Like, real quick, all of a sudden, there, yeah. you know, these so, guys. So, this one ha- talks about the, you know, the four or five Arabs, non sorry, four or five non-Arabs arrested during the emergency, uh, and then it disappeared from the news permanently, because Carl Kamen of Fox News did a four-part series on this stuff. He didn't get in trouble. The guys from Antiwar.com for writing the, the article, they did, because they're alternative media. I mean, Fox News just got intimidated a bunch, probably by APAC, but they didn't get, like, you know, spied on since 2004. Uh, so this is the cause of death by a mortal technique. Everything in this song is the truth, and it's everything that I've like gone through a journey with and learning over the past, uh, you know, year or so. So this is the cause of death by a mortal technique, and then after that, Gaza, choking on the smoke of dreams by Althara, which is Islamic death metal. We'll be right back after this. KKSM AM thirteen twenty, LRN.FM. Immortal Music. technique. Freethoughtmedia.org. Revolutionary Volume 2 Yeah Broadcasting live From Harlem, New York Let the truth be known You better watch what the f*** flies out of your mouth Or I'ma hijack a plane and fly it into your house Burn your apartment with your family Tied to the couch and slit your throat So when you scream, only blood comes out I doubt that there could ever be a more wicked MC Cause AIDS infested child molesters are even sicker than me I see the world for what it is Beyond the white and the black The way the government downplays historical facts Cause the United States sponsored the rise of the Third Reich Just like the CIA trained terrorists how to fight Build bombs and sneak box cutters onto a flight When I was a child, the devil himself bought me a mic But I refused to offer, cause God sent me to strike With skills unused like fallopian tubes and a My words will expose George Bush and Bin Laden As two separate parts of the same seven-headed dragon And you can't fathom the truth, so you don't hear me You think Illuminati's just a conspiracy theory? That's why conservative racists are all running and your phone is tapped by the federal government So I'm jamming frequencies in your brain when you speak to me Technique a ripper rapper to pieces indecently Pack weapons illegally Cause I'm never hesitant Sniper scoping a commission controlling the president Father forgive them for they don't know right from wrong 
Some to set you free Written down in a song And the song has the cause of death Written in code The word of God brought to light That'll save your soul Save your soul, mother Save your soul Yeah, yeah, yeah the Pentagon for self-incriminating evidence of Republican manufactured white powder pestilence Marine Corps flak vest with the guns and ammo, spitting bars like a demon stuck inside a piano turn a Sambo into a soldier with just one line, so here's the truth about the system and a up your mind, they gave Al-Qaeda six billion dollars in 1989 to 1992, and now the last chapters of revelations are coming true, and I know a lot of people find it hard to swallow this cause subliminal bigotry makes you hate my politics, but you act like America wouldn't destroy two buildings in a country that was sponsoring bombs dropped on our children, I was watching the towers, and though I wasn't the closest I saw them crumble to the earth like they were full of explosives, and they thought nobody noticed the news report that they they did about the bombs planted on the George Washington Bridge. Four non-Arabs arrested during the emergency, and then it disappeared from the news permanently. They dubbed the tape of Osama, and they said it was proof. Jealous of our freedom, I can't believe you bought that excuse. Rocking a mother flag don't make you a hero. Word the ground zero. The devil crept into heaven. God overslept on the seventh. The new world order was born on September 11th. Father, forgive them for they don't know right from wrong. The truth is set you free, written down in a song. And the song has the cause of death written in code. The word of God brought to light that'll save your soul. Save your soul, mother. Save your soul. And just so conservatives don't take it to heart, I don't think Bush did it, cause he isn't that smart. He's just a stupid puppet taking orders on his cell phone from the same people that sabotaged Senator Wellstone. The military industry got it popping and locking, looking for a way to justify the Wolfowitz doctrine. And as a matter of fact, Rumsfeld, now that I think back, without 9-11, you couldn't have a war in Iraq or a defense budget of world conquest proportions. Kill freedom of speech and revoke the right to abortion, tax cut extortion, a blessing to the wealthy and wicked, but you still have to answer to the Armageddon you scripted, and Dick Cheney you f***ing leech, tell him your plans about building your pipelines through Afghanistan, and how Israeli troops train the Taliban in Pakistan, you might have some house fooled, but I understand, colonialism is sponsored by corporations, that's why Halliburton gets paid to rebuild nations, tell me the truth, I don't scare into paralysis, I know the CIA saw Bin Laden on dialysis in 98 when he was top 10 for the FBI, government ties is really why the government lies, read it yourself instead of asking the government why, cause then the cause of death will cause the propaganda to die. Thing. Most of New York City's rescue operations and their police and fire departments have been concentrating their actions down in lower Manhattan where the planes, two planes, hit the two towers of the World Trade Center. But some very um, intelligent and aggressive cops also stopped 
another terrorist attack from happening on the George Washington Bridge. CBS2 has learned exclusively that two men are in custody tonight after being arrested at the George Washington Bridge with an entire truckload of explosives. Now I'm told that those explosives could have been enough to blow up the entire span and all the cars and the people that were on it. But nevertheless, they were arrested. I'm told they were arrested somehow near the Meadowlands, but the explosives were destined for underneath the George Washington Bridge. Again, a tragedy has been averted. The George Washington Bridge still stands because of some aggressive police work on the part of New York City and Port Authority police officers. It's really an amazing story and amazing how they were able to actually apprehend them. Marcia, any... Uh... And that Marsha, any idea on the timing of that? Uh, is that something that just happened, or was that uh, supposed to occur? Uh, do we have any idea earlier in the day today? Well, I can, I, you know, I don't know the timing exactly. I know that there was police and Port Authority police on the scene, but I can tell you that as recently as. Um, uh, 15 minutes ago, uh, Police Commissioner Bernard Carrick was talking about it, telling the mayor about it with a great deal of pride. So perhaps this uh, did not happen that long ago because they would have discussed it earlier today. I know this information has just come to you. Any idea at all how, in the midst of all that has gone on in Manhattan today, as well as in Washington, these police managed to stop this truck and avert this kind of disaster? Any, any tips that they well, gave you? Well, here's the thing. As you know, when New York City goes into a full security alert, the first thing that they do is they look at the bridges and tunnels going into New York City because they are regarded as major potential targets. They look at the Holland Tunnel, the Lincoln Tunnel, and the George Washington Bridge, and also, to a lesser extent, the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel and the Midtown Tunnel. And they're looking at those tunnels, and they're trying to prevent anybody that looks suspicious from going across. Apparently, what happened in this case is that you had two people in a truck who looked suspicious. Police gave chase. They stopped the truck. They found an entire truck full of explosives, and they arrested them. Those two men and their explosives are in police custody tonight, and another tragedy has been averted. Marsha, thank you for that information. He's scheduled for 60 minutes next. He's going on French, British, Italian, Japanese television. <clears throat> People everywhere are starting to listen to him. It's embarrassing. <laughs>
Gaza by Alfara, Islamic death metal. And before that, we had The Cause of Death by Immortal Technique with a very peculiar news report about bombs planting on the George Washington Bridge from 9-11 from a CBS affiliate in New York. That happened to disappear from the news permanently. Mm, yes, mm, peculiar. Mm. Yeah. Anyways, um, speaking of Gaza, um, when the snow happened in you know Egypt and, and, that, and, and uh, Palestine and, and that region... Um, Israel purposefully opened up the dams near Gaza. Gaza just got a huge flood, and uh, I don't know. I don't know if people are, are dying from it. I don't know how much property is destroyed, but you know, all the good good reason to end the siege and allow for aid to come through and everything like that. Um, yeah, the, in, the, in these instances, uh, let's do the hashtag on Twitter. Let Gaza live. I mean, that's the least we could do. The best we can do is you know stop giving our tax money to. Uh, to these monsters. Um, so, so we want to play, uh, before we get to the headlines, we want to play one more song relating to Chuck Schuldiner. This is from the band Control Denied because we didn't get to any Control Denied yet. Um, but this is a song called... I like the band already. It's yeah. called Control the Night. Control the Night. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, this song is called Consumed and it's really awesome. It's really a, a powerful masterpiece. Uh, their second Control Denied albums should be coming soon. I know Chuck, that was like what he died to make uh, when he had brain cancer he was like that was what he was making in between you know between the when the cancer remissed and when it came back uh when it recurred so this is consumed by control denied uh rest in peace chuck Sol jr too many good brothers gone by the wayside unfortunately he got denied health care why pre-existing condition for uh, brain cancer that's a bummer yeah Rest in peace, KKSM, LRN.FM, and freethoughtmedia.org.
Consumed by Control Denied, the late Chuck Schuldiner of the band Death and Control Denied. Amazingly positive and inspiring individual, and you know, absolutely, he died at 34 years of age from brain cancer. It's awful. That's yeah. a horrific way to go. Yeah. Um, so let's go into the news. The news on the radio, the most popular medium of the day from around the nation and across the globe, here on freethoughtmedia.org. Uh-huh. Paul Krugman says that Bitcoin's value is driven by the fact that it sounds impressive and then at the same time admits that the U.S. dollar is backed up by force. Um, so, so Paul Krugman thinks Bitcoin is lame but thinks that the U.S. dollar that is backed up by the blood of Muslim children is okay. What else is new? I, I, I actually love it that he, he specifically says men with guns. And <laughs> if you know... Your libertarianism, you know that we're always about, hey, it's Government just men with guns. Government is force. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Specifically men with guns. So. Yeah, who think they have extra rights. I mean, there's a role for peace officership where they don't have extra rights than you. They can't violate your rights in the same way that you can't violate anybody else's rights. Um, but it's that's out the window, the peace officer notion. Uh, in Pope County, Arkansas... A uh, 911 call receives reports of an explosion at Arkansas Nuclear One, which is a nuclear plant. Um, Hasn't that been happening like more than once? No, no uh, new updates on that. That's just I'm reading off what I posted on the Facebook page for the past week. Here's an interesting one of, you know, makes you realize what foreign policy is really all about. Saudi and Israeli military officials meet in Jerusalem. So they're working together because, you know, the, the same, they're doing the same thing. Here, here's an interesting uh article from LA Times saying that Stephen Colbert's guest says that sulfuric acid could stop global warming. Now, this has to do with chemtrails oh. because, you know, Bjorn Sulfuric Lom acid could stop global warming and then kill everything on the planet. Got it. Yep. So, so <laughs> this guy named Bjorn Lumberg, the skeptical environmentalist, uh, he advocated for geoengineering in his movie. Uh, he said that, you know, if you just put this big barge out in the ocean and have it, this big rod go up to the sky and then spray sulfur, sulfuric acid out into the sky, uh, then that'll help stop global warming. Well, why do you need a barge? Why not just have a plane? Like with the okay, why, why have a barge? Why have a plane? Why have anything living on the whole planet? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of... Isn't that what sulfuric acid would do if yeah. you shot that up in the atmosphere and just kill everything? Yeah, there's a lot of BS conspiracy theories about chemtrails, but that doesn't discount the fact that Bill Gates is privately funding it and advocates for it. Same with the Bjorn Lubberg and this guy that was on Stephen Colbert. Um, David, environmental scientist... Harvard environmental scientist David Keith. I, I advocating for geoengineering. I can't stress this enough. When when, when I, I hear things about you know like this whole geoengineering thing, or here's some clever idea we have to stop global warming, whatever you want to call it. Okay, weather's a dynamic system, and I'm not a meteorologist, but I know enough to know that. Okay, something that's dynamic in the sense that it's always changing and it has its certain patterns. If you think you're you know uh, nearer to God than everyone else, and you think that you somehow you can manipulate it. Most dynamic systems, when they're manipulated, they're more likely to collapse than they are to go with a new flow of things. Yep. So that's really dumb. Here's how Israel is kind of like Montgomery, Alabama in the 50s. If you're, Ethi if you're a black Jew, if you're Ethiopian-born, um, uh, you tend to get rejected by blood banks. So 
an Ethiopian-born member of parliament, so somebody who's actually serving in the Israeli government, was rejected by a blood bank, told he has special blood, even though he's, he is Jewish, but he's black. He's not white. So that's why Israel is more about racism and, uh, you know, superiority than it really is about religion. It's, it's a wild mess of racism and genocide. In other news, um, actually, forget about California and Washington, Connecticut uh, Governor Malloy signs a state GMO labeling law into law in Connecticut, first in the nation. Huh. Nice. Uh, this one, uh, I'm. Oh, get- and speaking of Israel, the pr- the prior plan law failed, which is good. Good, 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 good. And additionally, the head of the Israeli bank is going to become the vice president of the Federal Reserve next to Janet Yellen. Creepy as all get out. Just in time for the hundredth anniversary. If yeah. they haven't ruined it yet, here's your new bag man. Um. <laughs> This this one is from uh, EFF.org, uh, Electronic Frontier Foundation, unless you don't know who Ooh. that is. Uh, you run their PSAs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you. Um, in case you haven't heard about this one yet, it's, it's going around the wire and or the intertubes. Uh, in a historic ruling, a federal court judge declares NSA mass phone surveillance is likely unconstitutional. I hate that word. It well, I might think they, or may they, not he be. said likely, but then they ruled it was actually unconstitutional. Was it? I'm not sure. It's uh, ambiguous yeah, yeah, yeah. right now, but still something. That's crazy. I mean, by any objective measure, it is, but for the formality. Yeah, it still has to go through with a guy with a black robe, and yeah. that guy's got to say that it, you know, may or may not be, and then he's going to say, well, it's open to interpretation, and I'm a lawyer, really, so... This is what I'm saying. That's incredibly vague, but you need to stick to my incredibly vague decisions. So hopefully in the long run, they'll – I want them to shut down the NSA. That's yeah. really what I want. Turn the water off. off. We run the ads for you know turning the water off from the Utah. And the Utah mayor can t- turn off the NSA's water like that. But speaking of the Twilight Zone, clashes in Madrid <laughs> right. as demonstrators are rallying against an anti-protest bill. Now think, just think about that. They're protesting against an anti-protest bill. That's and that's a coming bad to America. Sign. They're going to give it. They already have anti-protest stuff for America. Um, it, it's just if, if they're going to uh, enforce it whole, whole, wholesale. Uh, North Korea um, ex- executes Kim Jong Un's uncle as a traitor. Interesting. Yeah, I was talking to a. Uh, I was talking to a friend about this that this weekend. Do you think maybe um, uh, Kim Jong Il's uncle, like I don't know, touched him or something when he was little? Because they seem to be really close, and then all of a sudden. Uh, Kim Il Sung gets in power and he axes out his uncle. Like that, that seems like they, they ha- he had something going on with him. I mean, we could speculate all day as to why he actually killed him, but I am fascinated to know did he have, like, you know, something against him all of a sudden? And he's like, well, I, oh, I got to take care of this now that I have the guns. I don't know, but he, 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 I don't know if he has anything on the crack smoking mayor of Toronto who actually went to this church and uh, one of the churchgoers posted a picture on like Facebook or something. Saying that man smells like ganja, so he's he's gone from the uh, the crack. He's gone. He's gonna become a Rastafarian now, and he's gonna uh, he's not gonna scuttle around like a squirrel. He's gonna take it mellow. So now instead of taking apart uh, lawnmowers and then attempting to put them all back together again in two hours, uh, he's gonna be incredibly mellow, yeah. and that, that that's that's a good change for the yeah. guy. You know, I don't <laughs> want him to hurt himself. Yep. Um, an influential group of 5,000 U.S. scholars votes to boycott Israel. Uh, the American Studies Association announced Monday that it's nearly 5,000 members voted in favor of a boycott two to, two to one margin Sunday night, voted on the issue to uh, 
call on the U.S. schools and academic research groups to end all work with Israeli groups. It does allow individual Israeli scholars to still attend conferences and speak at American universities as long as they don't do so in, official, in any official capacity with the government of Israel, which is a great way to go about it. Um, Al-Qaeda-linked rebels kidnap 120 Syrian Kurds. That's why I think there, there's no such thing as, uh, as extremist Islam unless it's the CIA backing in. And speaking of that, there's an article from Press TV saying that Qatar seeks Wahhabization of the world. So most people in the Muslim world view as view Wahhabism as you know not real Islam because of what the CIA you know gives to all the Al Qaeda groups and the puppets that they create. So it's basically CIA, Qatar, CIA, Saudi Arabia, CIA. They all support the Western imperialism. Again, we mentioned uh, Gaza's flooded because Israel opened up some dams because of the snow. And actually, yeah, and uh, hey, by the way, since you're already living in an open-air prison, let's uh, just put some water and sewage everywhere yeah. and uh, make your day just a little bit better, okay? Speaking of which, what, uh, we talked about Saudi and Israeli military officials meeting. Well, it just goes a step further that Saudi Arabia actually funds Mossad's, you know, false flag operations against Iran. And they have the Mossad has gone in and, like, uh, gave the kind of like the U.S. did to the CIA. They give funding to these fringe radical groups to blow up, you know, the exist the establishment government of Iran. Even though those guys are way more extremist than the current Iranian government, they do it because they don't want they want to, you know, invade Iran, uh, regardless of what their consequences are, because they don't care. I mean, honestly. I mean that, that that kind of brings up a little bit. This is old, old news. I, I think anybody who ever really looked into the situation knew this to be true, but I guess uh, it was yesterday or something. Yeah, I think it was yesterday. It might have been Sunday or Saturday. I can't remember exactly. But um, the uh, the feds actually admitted that they had a role to play in the original coup uh, to get rid of the Shah of Iran in uh, 55. Yep. Or to install the Shah, excuse me. Yep. So, uh, yeah. So, um, we, we got uh, a couple minutes now before the anti-media radio with Nick Burnaby is the third hour. I'm actually going to call in at the at the half-hour mark to talk uh, some stuff. Um, but the antimedia.org, the antimedia.org, before we get to that, this is Perennial Quest by Death. It's a great song about life. And, you know, the late Chuck Schuldiner is, of course, the front man of the song. So, big rest in peace to Chuck, and we'll see you guys at the... At end of this song with the anti-media with Nick Burnaby. I'll be on it to talk a little bit of stuff during their program. Freethoughtmedia.org. Very-
Also tune in here. We're on. We're in uh, San Diego uh, Terrestrial Radio KKSM AM thirteen twenty, the Radio Revolution, and we're also on the Liberty Radio Network LRN.FM and FreeThoughtMedia.org. So you could tune in to any of those 
stations or websites and support us and support all the people that are rebroadcasting us, um, helping, uh, helping our voices get out there and help, help the truth get out there, you know, and help us cut through this stuff that they call the uh, news that they show on TV, which is not exactly news. Um, and make sure you guys check out our website, theantimedia.org. Um, I'm, we're, we're still experiencing slow pages just because of the high amount of traffic. And as soon as I get some money together, we're going to um, up our server because uh, we need a bigger server so we could support all this traffic. So that's why it's a bit slow, but you guys can check it out. We're still updating. And um, I expect to have that done sometime this week because I'm, I'm hoping to get some money here in a, in a little bit and we're going to get a better server and everything's going to be good. Also check out our, our, um, our friends that produce our music, um, Ponder and Excel, some local friends of mine. You can find them on YouTube, Bandcamp, iTunes. Uh, SoundCloud, all that good stuff. And, um, you know, I just want to stress how important it is to support the, the alternative media. And, and believe me, this stuff is starting to take off. And it's, 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 it, we're, we're on the verge of going through a media revolution. And thank God, because we need it. Because, um, especially in these times and how messed up things are right now, you know. And all these, these, uh, these NDAA. Um, 2014 cybersecurity bills that are going to be talked about with which uh, you know Senator Rockefeller is trying to push through that are going to basically criminalize dissent. I mean, in every way, shape, or form, it's going to become something that's a national security threat. And guys like me and you can't do what we do, which means that any different kind of voice stops. And I mean, these are these. This is legislation being pushed through that's following a time-tested tradition of fascism. It's been used by many empires in the past, and it looks like it's rearing its ugly head once again. Yeah, no doubt. And, um, you know, I was talking to a buddy of mine, uh, Dan Johnson, uh, yesterday, and he's the guy that heads up the um, PANDA, which is the People Against the NDAA, and they're, they're, t they're a grassroots organization that... that um, you know they they they're trying to basically more or less nullify the NDAA at the at the uh, local level, and they've they've successfully passed ordinances in in I think three cities already, where it basically makes any any federal agent coming in that's trying to uh, enforce the NDAA they they it's by law the people you know the sheriffs and the 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 government of that town have to arrest these federal agents now. It's so. becoming state versus fed, just like we thought it would. The people versus the corporations. Um, you know, once people, by and large, accept in mass that the media is now uh, illegitimate, then this whole house of cards will fall down. And that's why it's so important to kind of help all of us get the internet, you know, as vital as possible to get news. That way, when they try to do this shutdown, everybody's not going to watch the regular news anymore. They're gonna know we're, you know, we're in a new uh, propaganda war. Essentially, we're. It seems like we're going that way at any rate. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, um, it, it's, it's, you know, the TV is gonna be trying to make all of us look like crap and and make us look like the bad guys. And and believe me, the word terrorist is gonna be thrown around like nothing you've ever seen before. And uh, anyone that speaks differently than the government or differently than the mainstream. Guess what? You guys are terrorists now. You don't think you don't you don't agree with the Federal Reserve and what they're doing? Okay, you're a terrorist. You don't agree with um, with the politics. You don't agree with the two-party system. You don't agree with with Obamacare. Okay, you're a terrorist. 
and they're going to demonize us. I mean, it's it's total 1984 type stuff. Um, uh, I mean, it's just getting so far out there. All this, all this spying. I mean, Big Brother is way beyond what we ever thought it was. I mean, well, even what, what I was going to say is one of the revelations that Snowden's going to come out with, and this is why this immunity deal is being patched up, is you know how they say whatever you think the government's doing, it's actually worse. Well, mosquito drones may number somewhere in the 10 to 20 million in the U.S. Can you imagine that? Oh, man. Can you imagine 10 to 20 million random cameras flying around everywhere inside your home even? Oh, yeah. And, and, and uh, you know, when if it's already at that point, believe me, they got dirt on everybody. Right. So, so it's going to be so easy to just stifle anybody. Unless you go to get to that point where you just – you don't give a F. You don't give a damn anymore. <clears throat> and um that's where we got to go you know you you can't you got you got to have no fear you got to have nothing to lose and you know what if they if they catch you uh, masturbating in your room guess what dude it's going to come out either way so if they try <laughs> to use that against you then then too bad you got to just hey. take it and you got to roll with it you know that's every, just every, one of those things that we're going to have to deal with hey man it's like peeing in the shower dude everybody does that <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? What what are they going to do? This is where it's going to be where the death of privacy is going to work both ways. I mean, I want to buy a mosquito drone and throw it into uh into the mayor's office now. I mean, what's exactly to stop that, me? What's to stop me? That whole saying of being a you know, being a fly on the wall, it's becoming right. reality you now. I mean, honestly, what this invasion of privacy does is right now these guys at the top think, ha-ha, we're going to use it to control the, pe the people underneath us. And they establish this security net, this spy net. And everybody's going to be tracked and tapped in. And I don't know what they think they're going to do. You really think you're going to shame people into doing what you want them to do en masse? All it's going to do is open up all these politicians. I mean, didn't we just see the other day that a, uh, a, a governor, I think, in Florida was caught buying Coke? Yep. I mean, and and a they had in Florida, yeah, yeah. And they had the the film. I mean, and everything and, and it's it's going to get to the point where even these super super top level guys are going to get caught doing stuff because it's so prevalent now and it's easy to push it back right right back on them. Yeah, it's it's a common tactic for for anyone that that's trying to coerce people, you know, what you do is you you know, you bring someone in, you make sure they have a lot to lose. Okay, you got a family, you're married, you got kids, you got a reputation. Okay, now now stick them into a sticky situation where they can get you on film with a prostitute or get you on film with a stripper or get you on film doing coke or whatever. And then right. you just hold that in your archive and you say, okay, bro, you know, as long as you do what you, what, what, you know, as long as you do what we tell you, we're going right. to treat you nice. We're going to give you good media coverage. You're going to have a good reputation. You have a nice, you know, private sector lobbying job once you get out of here. And everything's going to be cool. But if you open your mouth about what's going on, guess what? We're going to show this video of you doing coke. We're going to show you having sex with the hooker. And, and you know, that's, that's what they're going to do. And, that, and, you know, that's a common tactic. That's what they've been doing ever since the Hoover days, ever since the FBI started doing that kind of thing. They've been doing it for like 70 years now. Right. 60 years now, you know, that's just, sure. that's just what they do. You it's know, time tested, it's proven, it works, it's been working. Yeah. And, and it's going to backfire now because just like the internet was supposed to be used for defense, now it's spread out and now information's all over the place. And guess what? You can't kill an idea. And now too many ideas have spread. So even if they do a Chinese style shutdown on our internet, it, it doesn't matter anymore. These things, the things I've learned in the last five years, how am I going to forget them? 
And how are millions of people going to forget? Exactly. I mean, this is just the most desperate, desperate stuff I've ever seen a government do. You're taking a land of the free that was the best place ever in the world and destroying it just to save yourself. And it's not going to work. Nope. It's not. Your time has come. Uh, the new consciousness and evolution of humanity is here. You cannot stop it. Everything you're doing now is just basically destroying your own um, legacy if you if you thought you were going to have one. They're, they're, they're trying to plug the holes in the dam, dude. But every time you plug a hole, then another hole pops open. It's way too late. It's at this point that the tide turns so much that now it's either you're going to have to um, basically come out. I mean, come out from behind the shadows or be destroyed by the light that's growing right now. And that's it. Yep, light always illuminates the dark, you know, and that's exactly. one of the, that's, that's, it's such a true thought because, you know, that whole saying, in my opinion, is based on evolution, and, and the thing about evolution is that anything that's oppressed, anything that's living in a situation where it has, where it's forced to evolve, guess what, it improves, and it gets better, and it gets smarter, and it adapts, and then it's able to overtake whatever it is that it's, that it's evolving against, you know, and right now, it's the people, uh, at whole in whole evolving against oppression you know and we're seeing it all over the world i mean when have you ever seen the world in such a mass mass awakening every it, it seems like every country is every. having some kind of social unrest social uprising i mean you know? this is equal to a religious affirmation it's almost like uh, the intellectual crusades are happening all over the world now where people are starting to realize the common culprit of all of our problems is the uh, you know it's it's basically taking the power and putting it into only a few people's hands. We know now that doing that is how humanity um, we can destroy ourselves basically, and and we can do that. And it's probably been done before, like we've talked about on many shows. And we we can't allow that to happen this time. We have, there's too much at stake for everyone. And the thing that makes it different this time is that now we have the information. Right. Now, it's now at our we fingertips. Know. Now we're like, okay, well, the Roman Empire, okay, that's what they did. Okay, and now that's exactly what the what America is doing. Okay, so right. we're gonna suffer the same exact fate unless we do something drastically different. Right. And, well, we can try to take the whole world over, but I think even given our technology level, which I know is probably leaps and bounds above even what I think it is, how can you take the whole world over? It's too big, you know what I mean? And and that way doesn't work. The way to work is it's organically going to evolve into we're going to all cooperate together. As our resource base shrinks and our population grows, we're going to have to innovate and we're going to have to work together. And that's the natural organic way of things, not the way they want it. No, they want a pyramid scheme when, when exactly. life, life is naturally working in a circle. Right. And then they're because trying to force it into this whole pyramid type of scheme and it's just not working out. And people yeah, are they realizing... Wanna, they want to stifle the innovation because they know once that happens, their game's over. I mean, every every facet of our society is based on a pyramid scheme. Local politics, national politics, the economy, our food system, our power system, you know, our resources. It's all pyramid scheme and it's all not working. Everyone and, knows none of it, and none of it can last because it's not sustainable. Nope. It's like you just said it two seconds ago. Things have to be in a circular way for them to last and to work and to be harmonious. And that will come about. But the way they're trying to do it is say, hey, we're running out of everything we use for modern life, despite the fact that everyone knows since the 1880s we've had unlimited energy. So that's BS. Okay? And they're going to try to say it's our fault that there's global warming, which we already know is false again because an ice age is coming. 
So they're going to tell two lies on top of lie after lie after lie. And at this point, I'm at the point where everything you say is a lie now. I can see through everything and see the agenda behind it. You know, and, and we know it's it's false. Once we go to Tesla Tech, our pollution problem disappears. Our overpopulation problem is not a problem anymore. Now it's actually a strength because everyone can go to school because we're not going to have all these fake blue-collar jobs robots can do with unlimited energy. Oh, man. Once, once we reach <laughs> the enlightened age, we're going to need our population reproducing as fast as we can because we're going to be populating the universe. Exactly. This is what people don't get. This little blue marble we're on, we're stuck on it on purpose. It is a prison planet, like they always love to say. It's kind of like uh, a Petri dish. We're being watched. Let's see if they can get off the Petri dish. So this is where we're at at this point in humanity. I mean, it's, it's easy to see if you have a brain and you, and you can follow what's been going on. Enough people now are over it that it's making enough of a difference that the people on the top, they're getting desperate, man. They know this next generation of kids, for the people I know, their children are going to be immune to all of this stuff. They're not going to buy into any of it from day one. Oh, yeah. Can't, and you, you can't even brainwash someone when they're like that because they're not going to allow you to put them in that position. We've talked about it before. You know, the, a lot, many, many of our fans of the anti media and a lot of the pages that we, that we are, are part of are parents. You know, a lot of these people are parents that are our age with young children that are, you know, between the ages of being little babies to, you know, between the ages of like zero and 10 years old. And these parents are waking up. They don't want their kids drinking fluoride. They don't want their kids eating GMOs. And they don't want their kids living under an oppressive government. So you're right. These kids are being, you know, they're, they're, look at the homeschooling rates. The, the rate of homeschooling is exponential right now. Everybody's starting to homeschool because they're like, okay, well, obviously the government is, the, you know, government schooling is bad because government is it's bad. It's awful. And Listen, it's, you can get into college, but if, if I... If I didn't value the high school experience, which looking back was cool, but but I could have went without it. I could have been done with high school at 15 at home, gotten to college at 16, been done when I was 20. You see where it goes? This is where you get this exponential value. Could you imagine all these 20-year-olds with degrees? And then they'd go get their master's, and when by the time they could drink, they were an expert in the field. Could you imagine a country like that full of these people? Well, I'll tell you what. This is happening. It's just not happening here. All right, it's happening in other countries because everyone realizes with diminishing resources, education is going to become invaluable because innovation is going to become invaluable. And we are losing. Our country's losing that battle, and, and, and we're, it's idiocracy is happening here. The right. movie Idiocracy is happening in this country. Right now it is, but I think the next generation, like you were just saying, yeah, is going to come won't. up like crazy. They will. But – the thing that's unfortunate and it's kind of, you know, it's scary, sad, but exciting at the same time is it kind of puts the weight on us. It's up to us, you know, it's up to the millennials and, and the, maybe even the kids that are like 18 right now, it's up to us because we're the ones that are the ones that have to bear the brunt of, of, of the sacrifice to make the big change in this country and in, in the world, you know? Right. I mean, we're going to have to go away from this era where we've been able to waste fossil fuels and kind of an energy rich era and we're going to have to kind of be that bridge to what we know is going to be the next era which is unlimited energy but it's our job to force the people in charge to to allow this out just relinquish control is it so bad just allow all of us to go up together yeah I and mean, it, it's you'll have a leadership role you'll just won't have a rulership role 
Is that so hard to fathom? And it's not about what Obama was about, which is, you know, let's go in and subsidize green tech and all this stuff. It's about, it's about how about you guys just stop suppressing the tech that should be coming out? How about you stop suppressing all the Tesla technology that the guy invented 100 years ago that could have already provided free energy for the whole earth? And it was based on technology that was thousands of years old that the Egyptians used. So you're talking about eons of suppression for technology, which is where it really becomes kind of like a mind trip that you're thinking about they had electricity possibly back in the days when they were building the pyramids. And it was an organic, originally um, designed by you know the pyramids and the obelisks and, and using energy transfer and, and uh, the stuff from the geomagnetic sphere. So it's just crazy to think how all these mind-blowing things like wireless power, I, I know people trip on that, that you can leave your phone on your table and it powers itself up without having to have a cord in it. But I guarantee you, all that power is all around us right now. You just got to tap it. Oh, yeah. The, the whole atmosphere is highly, highly full. charged. It's full of uh, endless power. And it's just, it's just suppressed. That's all it is. Massively suppressed by this massive government that uh, I guess we're going to talk about tonight. Right. And we'll talk about how it's cracking at the seams right now. Yep. So uh, first on the list, which we've been focusing a lot on. The TPP was delayed, which we talked about a little bit on uh, Wednesday, right. um, which is good news. But at the same time, it's kind of an appeasement. So we have to, honestly, we can't sit back and, and crack the champagne. we got to double our efforts because this TPP, it's still on the agenda. They're, they're still trying to push it through without debate. And, um, you know, the TPP affects every single one of us from whether it's, it's – whether it's the uh, – uh, sovereignty issue, whether it's the food labeling issue, um, whether it's the intellectual property issue, the copyrights, you know, this TPP thing could literally tear down all of our websites. It can tear down all of our Facebook pages. Um, it can tear down a lot of this stuff. It's going to put controls over the internet and it's going to, it's going to be a corporate power grab over all of our sovereignty. So make sure you guys continue to, to, oppose this TPP thing. I know calling your representatives kind of sounds redundant, especially considering that we rail against these guys all day, but it does work a little bit. And um, mainly is mainly what we need to do is just provide, you know, build up an organic opposition to this, whether it's, you know, we just got to build up masses and masses of people that are just like, okay, we're not going to uh, support this TPP thing. Even if it passes, you yeah. know, just think of it as something that, uh, is just irrelevant, you know. Well, the TPP, this is what's going to happen. They'll pass it no matter the opposition because it's generally Fortune 500 companies and they're going to just do what they want to do. So, really what it's going to do is it's going to really push the divide even further between people that want this corporate dictated lifestyle where you're going to you're talking about living in a virtual grid for everything or you want people that want to go back to something more wholesome and more real like a smaller community where they can all have cottage industries and support each other now i don't know if that's feasible everywhere because you do need a resource base and you're still going to probably have to pay tax to ensure that the uh, corporate army doesn't come in and destroy your community so you're going to still have to kind of play the game but i mean they're going to pass tpp because what are people going to do unless we have a million people protest the thing is unless a million people know about it and they know that it's going to actually um, take their job away and it'll never come back, they won't do anything about it. 
So you can imagine companies like Boeing and even those companies where they have like huge technological bases, they'll all shift too. They're going to all shift to China because it's cheaper. So, I mean, TPP is going to top to bottom ruin everything for everyone. Yeah, I mean, why not shift to China? You got legal slave labor and child labor down there. Of course. And, and it'll make it legal here too. That's what's I, the funniest I thing mean, about it. For people to think, for one, I mean, I mean, just recently in, in U.S. history, we had slaves. That was only about 200 years ago. Right. Um, or less, actually. Less. And then uh, you got companies like Walmart that are still actively purchasing goods from slave, uh, you know, slave-produced um, governments like China and right. bu businesses that are in China. So, obviously, they don't have a problem with slave labor or child labor. And it um, goes even further than that, Nick, because you can say that with the new Obamacare statutes that state if you don't pay the fine, you're you're actually in violation of a felony. Well, now there'll be a debtor's prison, so they can arrest you for not paying for your health care. And then you can make 11 cents an hour uh, making all the products that uh, Walmart won't be able to afford coming from China anymore since the dollar's dead. See how the game's going to work? Oh, yeah. Nothing, nothing will change for most Americans if they d d d you know continue to play the game. But for the people that are waking up, that's what that's who they're targeting now. Yep, and they're they're you trying, know? you know, and like we talked about before, is that they're trying to draw us out. And and you know, I was sitting there today, and I and I was thinking about 1984 because I I read the book, and it's it's an awesome book if you guys haven't read it. I mean, it's 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 eye opening. And um, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm looking at the the one of the the guys in the book which is Emmanuel Goldstein which is like the you know Emmanuel Goldstein is like the hero in the book you know he's like the guy he's like the truth teller he's like the guy that talks about freedom he's the guy that talks about liberty now the thing that that the thing about 1984 is that Emmanuel Goldstein is made up he's fake the the government makes him up in order to draw out these people that are independent thinkers that are that are independent minded that are tired of government oppression you know and 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 Unfortunately to say, and I hate to say it because I was a huge Ron Paul supporter, but I think Ron Paul is basically kind of like Emmanuel Goldstein, where, where basically he's he's being used, whether he knows it or not, to draw out the independent thinkers and the people that are anti-establishment so that they can be identified. You know, and they they come out openly and, and then the NSA goes in and they say, Oh, okay, this is the person okay, this is the person that is a free thinker and, and they these are the people that own guns and these are the people that don't believe in the the Federal Reserve. So these are all the people that are gonna give us problems when, when, when we try to go and implement our big our you know, our TPP or our you know, whatever whatever it is that their end game is, you know. So um the whole point being is that we can't do it as a three percenter or as a one percenter or as a ten percenter of, of the population where, where it's like, okay, ten percent of us are awake and stuff. Um, it's worked in the past. You know, back in the days of the American Revolution, it's, it, it did work when they only had ten percent. But now times have changed. Technology is, is you know, now they got drones. It's not people. It, it's the next battle that's going to be fought, the next big war. It's not going to be people fighting against people. It's going to be drones and robots fighting against people. You know, and that's that's the whole thing. You know, in a matter of five to ten years, we're going to be at this point where the battlefield isn't going to be full of army guys. It's going to be full of army robots and army drones. You know, and that's why our struggle is such a timely one, and that's why we have to make 
leaps and bounds now while we can, while we still have the freedoms that we have, like the, the while we still have this radio show that we could speak on, because when the TPP comes down, this radio show may be shut down as well, you know, and we may not be able to talk about Sean Hannity. We may not be able to talk about um, Barack Obama the way we do now, because they're going to be so tight on on these these new regulations that are going to crack down on the independent media. Yeah, I mean, you can see that already. It's going to happen. And, you know, I don't know what it'll take uh, to to make people wake up, except that maybe it's just going to be the collapse, dude. And then and by then, whoever's ready is going to be better off, you know, and, and it's just exactly like everyone foretold. It's just I, at this point, I read in a poll, it was like 14 percent of people worldwide were awake or what they considered awake. And they figured that out by kind of sending out random polls and people from wherever they were would just say what country they were from and answer certain questions. But yeah, I mean, we just keep doing what we do until they shut it down. You know, that that's if they even talk about it. Hey, Alex, you there? Yep. Can you hear me? Yeah. Sorry about that. We had a bit of a tech difficulty there, but we're on. Um, we're talking about this drone strike that happened in Yemen. Um, 13 people got slaughtered at a wedding uh, in Yemen, and and you know it's just absolutely ridiculous. And you know the mainstream didn't really want to touch on it. They covered it a bit, and you know it's coming off as oh we're sorry and we didn't mean to do it and all. But you know l let me just give some personal insight into this story. Um, I met a guy on my birthday uh, last week or two weeks ago at at this bar, and he was drunk, and and I was sitting there at the bar. And this guy comes up to me and he's like, "Hey man, you want to go play pool or whatever?" I'm like, "All right, cool. I'll play. I'll play pool with you. Get to talking with the guy." It turns out he's a Department of Defense contractor, and he's a drone operator that works, you know, out in Afghanistan, the Middle East. And um, I start. I get to talking to the guy, and, and you know, mind you, he's drunk, and he admits that the war on terror is a bunch of BS. And he admitted that the war on terror is basically ensuring us enemies for the next thousand years. You know, and so I look at this drone strike in Yemen and I say, okay, well, is it an accident? No. Is it an accident or are they purposely doing this stuff to create our, our to create enemies for our military industrial complex to just keep perpetuating these wars, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Totally agree with that. So, um, when does it stop? You know, when when are we finally gonna say stop? Because let's face it, if that happened here in America and a drone, you know, let's say China had drones over our skies to keep us safe, um, and China knocks out a whole wedding, what 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 do you think would happen here? I mean, people are you going could, to go insane. Well, there'd be a, there'd be a declaration of war. That's what happened. And yeah, if yeah, you, you could bet, you know. If you, Yemen you could do Americans anything, they'd do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're exactly what 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 is happening over there would happen here. It doesn't matter fundamentalist or not. You you just go insane when when your family dies in those kind of numbers. Exactly, man. So so you know all this foreign policy, all these drone strikes, all these countries we're in, we're just building up our own enemies. We're 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 making ourselves less safe in the end. Um, and we're just funding this huge, huge uh, military-industrial complex. Meanwhile, if you go into any of these big cities like L.A., San Diego, I was out in Houston a couple uh, a month or two ago, 
there's just an insane amount of homeless people in these cities living on the streets, not eating. There's a tremendous amount of poor. There's never been so many people in poverty in this country in our history. Yet we have all this money to go and drop these bombs, drop these, you know, use these drones. We got 150 um, mil. Uh, uh, we're in 150 different countries um, with military bases, spending billions, if not trillions, of dollars. Um, and so our own know, people are just going down the tubes. And you know what's the biggest reason that is? Is they they actually figured out that if all the private sector people just stop going to work tomorrow, they could still completely function fine as a government. That whole shutdown was was the biggest theatrics I've seen ever. Yeah. <laughs> so we got Alex uh, Fidel on the line, and uh, he's he's a good friend of mine, activist out here in San Diego. He's also uh, running for mayor um, up in Encinitas, and we're actually um, he's actually the one that helped us hook up with this uh, AM radio here in San Diego. And we're me and Alex are are getting ready to spearhead some anti NDAA stuff out here in San Diego. So I wanted to bring him in, and you know just get some get some info out there for people about NDAA because it's actually a national um, initiative, and anybody anywhere can can grab this this initiative. And there's a toolkit to go with it, and you could start up some anti NDAA legislation in your hometown or in your home city. And you can make it illegal for the federal government to uh, enforce the NDAA, and that's why I brought Alex in. So, uh, um, you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure thing. Well, um, so if you go to the website pandaunite.org, that's P-A-N-D-A unite.org/slash/takeback, you sign up, and then automatically emails you a packet um, uh, with the model legislation with a couple of things. So basically, like Concord, New Hampshire had the armored vehicle question come up. So the Libertarians and the, and the Free State Project and the Occupy movement got together because the government said, we're going to buy this armored vehicle because of the Free State Project and because of the Occupy movement. They're domestic terrorists, so we're going to get this armored vehicle. So 200 people at least showed up, and they tabled the vote. So the first thing you need to do is get a group of 200 people, you know, a cohesive group of activists, whether libertarian or what, progressive occupied, doesn't matter, you know, people that are anti-establishment outside the two-party system, you know, working as individuals. Um, you, you, you stand outside of a farmer's market or outside of a, a, a supermarket, um, grab some phone numbers. Uh, if you go to the website, ocucards.com, you can get 100 NDAA cards for nine bucks and um, and then you just pass those out. Hey, what do you think about this? Oh, do you want to sign up to speak at a city council meeting? Then you have a list of action items um, to go along with it. I'd say, given I've, I've had experience going battling the city council over in Encinitas, I should have started out with emails, then phone calls, then public comment. Um, but I started out non-confrontational because I didn't want them to get angry. Oh, you're offending my throne. I'm going to use my power against you. Um, I started out completely reasonable on the issue of medical marijuana, and they shut me down. They yelled at me saying that, you know, it wasn't an important issue. They weren't going to take it up. I'm trying to get reelected. People just want to smoke their bongs all day. So, so you want to start out non-confrontational until you, you know, vet them out as the corrupt people that they probably are. And even then, you don't want to be, like, too confrontational. You just want to be, you know, that we're not going to have it, that you work for us, that, that type of middle ground. That's pretty good. But um, you start with an email because that's the least formal. Then you go to a phone call, and the phone call is to set up a meeting, and the, meet, the goal of the meeting is to get them to put the legislation on their agenda so they can vote and debate on the actual legislation. 
And then also check out what kind of amendments they do, because if they strip the you can arrest federal agents who enforce the NDAA, then, then it has no teeth. It's pretty much worthless. So you need to be able to charge and arrest federal agents as well as state and local agents for the crime. Uh, I, I just want right? to stop you real quick to make a point. Um, get, I didn't know either because, you know, there was headlines a, a couple weeks ago about California passes an anti-NDAA legislation. Um, mm -hmm. But it turns out after doing some research, the, the anti-NDAA legislation that they passed in California was basically just an appeasement and it has no... Uh, it has no teeth, so to speak. You know, it doesn't actually stop the NDAA. It just says, oh, well, it basically says, well, they shouldn't do the NDAA stuff, but if they do, we can't stop them. That's basically what the California legislation says. So so in, if, if you're in California and you're listening right now, believe me, we still need to try to stop this thing um, at the local level and at, you know, at the state level as well. Exactly. They, they don't have the part where you can charge and arrest federal agents with a crime. So if federal agents do it, it's, it's a, the law is basically symbolic. So that's why uh, we should do it in, uh, in our towns here, in, here at the local level, because it's easier to get through your city councils, uh, depend, at, least, at least for smaller towns like here in North County. And if you do it in the smaller towns, um, if you live in a bigger city, go, go to your smaller towns in the county. So make sure it's in the same county. Work with some people. Get through the small town. Then go to your big town because you'll scare some, you know, because politicians in small towns, they kind of have like big egos for the tiny thrones that they're in. Uh, so if you scare them out of their boots, then you uh, go on to the big one and then you have some experience. You know what works, what doesn't. And then you, uh, you're you able to take on the big boys. So uh, you create a long-term strategy. Find your local ACLU chapter. Get them to, you know, be involved with it. Uh, coalition, you know, with everybody. Um, uh, but, yeah, the, the pandaunite.org slash takeback, you can get the whole packet. Um, and uh, there's also pandaunite.org slash takeback coalition, which uh, both Nick and I are, are a part of. And uh, hopefully, you know, get, get this thing going in uh, as many different places as possible. Even if it's one city at a time, it's better than nothing, I think. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, the Congress is such a huge behemoth. You know, and and in order for us to try to go and strip the NDAA of its powers uh, at the Congress at the congressional level, at the presidential level, you know, it's kind of I don't want to say let's not even try, but I, I think we should try just to raise the frequency of what's going on with the NDAA. But let's face it, the more realistic goals you can you anybody that's listening right now can go to the website pandaunite.org and pick up this this packet and start on anti-NDAA legislation in your town, no matter where you're at. No matter where you're at in the country, you can go and start taking action tomorrow, you know. And as soon as we start getting town after town, they fall like dominoes. It's like a chess game. We and it's really about salvaging due process. That's the main problem. It's just nobody cares about what you need to do to get us safe as long as it's done reasonably and legally so that if you come up with something, I can defend myself. You can't just lock me away forever for nothing and no one sees me. Exactly. I mean, this country is built... You know, we were originally built on due process. You know, everyone has a right to a trial. Everyone has a right to a jury. You have a right to defend yourself. You know, you're not just guilty just because some bureaucrat says, oh, yeah, that guy's a terrorist. Throw him in jail. No trial. Hold him indefinitely. You know, that's that's why so many people are against the NDAA, because it takes out the due process aspect of, of what it is to be, uh, you know, a citizen in this country. Part of our rights, part of our liberty is due process, trial. It you brings know. back McCarthyism, and then this is going to be the craziest thing because with CGI, you can just fake people doing whatever. 
So you see how it becomes the slippery slope where it, it, it starts taking away everything from you. Exactly. Now, uh, me and Alex went up to this, this um, media workshop yesterday up in LA and, and uh, Occupy LA was uh, hosting it and it was really cool you know and and you know Alex is running um, for Mayor of Encinitas as a libertarian you know I'm, I'm more or less an anarchist I don't like to say it. I don't like to label it um, and we're working with the Occupy people and and you know it's really cool that we're able to build these coalitions and work with these people on common ground and like-minded issues and that's what it's all about is building up these common these common grounds look we all want due process we all don't want a police state. We all want to reel in this foreign policy. That's all stuff that we could agree on, you know, and we could all work together for this common goal, you know, and we unite and we build our strength and we work together, you know, and, that, and that's how you create solutions. You can't create solutions by saying, oh, that, that dude's an occupier, you know, they just want big government or whatever, you know, that's <laughs> going to be farther from the truth, you know, and that's the problem right now. People are so brainwashed. They watch so much Fox News, and then on the other side, they're watching so much MSNBC, and they're like, oh, yeah, all the libertarians are just a bunch of anti-government extremists. No, dude, you guys just don't understand. They, they, they just watch too much TV, and they don't get it. You know, we're trying to build legitimate coalitions, and we're trying to move past all this two-party stuff and all this division stuff. And, and of course, they're just going to try to group us in, and they're just going to try to say, oh, they're just that, and they're just this, and they're just that, and they're not going to do anything for you and all that. But, uh, no, dude, I, I mean, we see it happening right now. I mean, the Occupy movement is evolving. It's, it's opening up. They're, they're open to new ideas. The anarchists are, are so wide spectrum. You know, they're willing to work with anybody. The real libertarians that don't watch Fox News are, are totally open to the ideas. And we're building big coalitions and we're making, you know, we're making moves. And, and what we were doing yesterday and what, what this whole workshop was about is about this new media revolution that's coming along. And believe me, the, the, the ideas that we, we've been talking about and, and just decided to um, start the San Diego Media Collective – we go up to LA yesterday, and and they're working on the almost the same exact idea. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't believe it. And I got friends on the East Coast that are working on the same ideas too. I got friends in Houston that are working on the same ideas too. So this thing is happening. The media revolution is now. Because if we don't have truth, we don't have anything, and everyone knows that. If we live in this illusion, like we've done forever, then eventually, when it comes down, it's going to be a horrible awakening, and we need to just do it in steps. That's the whole point, right? We need more truth, more disclosure, more transparency, little by little, so everyone realizes how messed up everything really is, and then we can start to fix it. Yep, definitely. And uh, um, I, I would like to point out that I think there's a big difference between real libertarians and then you know corporate apologists, faux libertarians, and um, I think I think that's what the we, I hate to call myself a libertarian because even though I don't think it's so much a label as the other one because it's really like kind of like human quality, like, you know, freedom and stuff and, and not killing people and not, you know, especially not killing people or polluting other people to make a profit. Um, I, I think it, it, it really becomes labeled. That's why I consider myself as a, a libertarian. And, and uh, politically speaking, I mean, I've been endorsed by the Libertarian Party, but I've also been endorsed by... Cindy Sheehan, who's the Peace and Freedom Party candidate for governor of California, and she's a self-described socialist, socialist but I pretty much agree with uh, most of everything she said, including on economic issues, because I don't think corporations and the corporatism and the fascism are really a symptom of the, the term free market. I actually use it as so I want to be able to 
use a term and and have it not have any con- negative connotation, but it's like these uh, corporate apologists that are like, you know, I it's it's ruining it for like the Rand Pauls are ruining it for everybody. Yeah, I mean, it's like these people that are claiming that Walmart is like free market, you know, even yeah. though even though they come into these little towns, they go dr- straight right to the city council and they say, hey, give yep. us no give us no property taxes for five years, change all the zoning for us, even though all these small businesses don't get these same little breaks. So, yep. I mean, I'm all for uh, giving no I'm, I'm all for no property taxes. I'm all for changing the zoning. But how about we do it for everybody and not just for Walmart? Well, with, yep. with, with, with property tax, you never own anything. That's what people, I don't understand why people don't just repeal it. We'll pick it up somewhere else. We will, trust me. They'll tax us in other ways. But it's just, it's, it's such a fundamental right that when you've bought property, you're not homeless again ever. If you lose your, if you lose your job, you're not sleeping on the streets, okay? And I just have to say that. Everywhere in the world, there's property tax, and everywhere in the world, it's wrong because you're never supposed to be homeless if you've purchased a home. You've a, earned that home. It should be yours forever, a homestead. I think property tax is kind of another form of slavery. I mean, I mean, I, I know so many people, like old people, that that you know they get so old that they just kind of they don't even realize what's happening, yep. and then they lose their houses just because they haven't paid their taxes in you know five ten years, and it's just they'll like put old them ladies. into reverse mortgages too, and then they'll get you know pennies on the dollar for what it's worth, so they have living funds, and man, it's just you know the way it was was you'd buy land, you'd buy a home, you own that, your family took care of you when you got old. It has to go back to that agrarian kind of culture eventually, or else we're just gonna become these robots like they want us to become agriculture too like the cities outlaw agriculture so if you grow lettuce in your front yard you know code enforcement gets on you you need to open up agriculture and in the the, the jack hare initiative the cchi2014.org would allow for you to have 99 cannabis plants in your backyard and that's that's amazing that's what we have to do for every kind of you know agriculture food you know if they make food illegal it's like with the, the UN Agenda 21 argument is that, like you guys were talking about, it's like, oh, we have an overpopulation problem, thus we need to, you know, start, you know, getting rid of it. You know, it's like the elites are pretty much adv- advocating for all this stuff because they are the right. only ones who advocate for population control. But it's like, why do we have not enough resources to sustain our populations? Because the Federal Reserve came in, financed all these suburban Levitt towns that have concrete backyards so you can't grow anything, and that ties into local government zoning, you know, making it residential only instead of, you know, including agriculture or anything like that. It's like they purposefully design our city so that we can't make the resources that we need to survive because we have cement backyards. It's crazy. Oh, yeah, they're, giant, they're giant death traps of control. I think that's that was one of the best things I've ever heard about what a megalopolis really is. I mean, yeah. once you shut down the food trucks, you have three days at most before all hell breaks loose. And you can hold that on a town, an individual city. You could siege them with food. And it's so simple to do, especially when six companies own all of the food supply. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, you're, like you were saying, man, the food is overly centralized. And then, you know, like, like in where I live in Chula Vista, which, you know, is just south of San Diego, where it's illegal to own chickens. We can't even have chickens in our backyards and have eggs. It's illegal. If they catch you, guess what? They're going to give you a, a, a huge ticket. And guess what? If you don't pay it, you're going to go to jail <laughs> for having chickens. And all okay. you hear south of the border is roosters crowing at 6 a.m. So, you know, 10 miles away, they have chickens in every backyard. What the heck? 
Oh, and I got a lot of Mexican friends out here that have chickens. And yeah, believe I mean, me, they're, they're, they're anarchists in the making. Once they get those tickets, <laughs> they're going to be like, okay, the government is bad. They're going oh, yeah. to believe what I've been telling them for years. <laughs> uh, speaking about the Federal Reserve financing all these cement backyard Levittowns, do you guys want to talk about how we're going to wish the Fed a happy you know, 100th anniversary of this December 23rd? <laughs> Oh yeah, dude. Let's jump into that. We haven't got on, we haven't talked about that much. Yeah. Um. What's going on on the twenty third? Um. So at least in San, I, I was hoping that some uh, people would take on to it nationwide. But at least in San Diego, we're we're doing a protest against the Federal Reserve for their hundredth anniversary, uh, starting at noon at the Federal Building down on Front Street, and then marching over to Bank of America, and then we're gonna make them a nice big birthday card by chalkifying their sidewalk with uh, some birthday messages. <laughs> Um, big, uh, big happy birthday to the most evil and destructive system that's responsible for why we even need a minimum wage increase in the first place. I mean, um, I, I see the, I, 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 I would support a minimum wage increase in this in this uh, situation, but I also know the un unintended consequences of that. But really, it's the sim it's just addressing the symptom. We need to address the cancer itself, which is the Fed, which is you know literal economic slavery. I, as much as I was against the Fed, like. Since I even discovered Ron Paul, it was only up until like uh, last year, or late last year, that I watched Freedom to Fascism with Aaron Russo and then discovered the link between the Fed and the IRS, and it's literal economic slavery. Um, these bankers, they just wear a bunch of suits, and they sit around, and they print money all day, and then you actually work. You get taxed. That tax goes back to the bankers because they charge interest on that money, and the IRS is basically the military for the Federal yep. Reserve. And they're militarized now. That's what's the great thing about it. Yep. They all got firearms. Yeah, and you know, the, oh, yeah. the, the, I, I've been in a bunch of debates this week about the minimum wage because I got a bunch of friends that are like, uh, you know, uh, Koch libertarians. I watch Fox News, and um, they, they, they're, you know, they're sitting there blaming these these workers that are trying to fight for higher wages. Um, and you know, in a way, I agree that we don't need a minimum wage because that's just another government control. But at the same time. Our workers are being our workers are the biggest victims of this whole system. The working class, which makes up the majority of this country, is the workers. The working class makes up at least fifty percent of this country. They are the ones getting hit the hardest. They pay the highest percentage of their income in taxes. Why? Because look at their look at their discretionary spending. What is it spent on? Food, gas, water, milk, things like that. It's all they all pay uh, sales taxes on that stuff. And and as far as the portion of their discretionary income, they end up paying more taxes than anybody else because if you're a millionaire, you're only you're only spending you know maybe one percent of your income on food. But if you're broke like I am, I spend about fifty percent of my income on food. You and know? you have to you have to figure in that if you're a millionaire, you're making uh, basically um, you're going to be paying fifteen percent tax because you're going to be making you know capital gains. You're you're not actually going to be earning wages. This is, and then anything you make will be thrown offshore, so it'll never be touched again. Yeah, I you mean, know, these are the these are the differences between the peasants and the uh, the elites. Exactly. So if, if if we were to end the Fed, if we, if we had no Federal Reserve system, and like uh, when we didn't, like people, uh, the the actual value of currency went up, and why should we have one single unit of currency? Why not have as much? Or I I know a lot of people like on the left say we should just forego the money system entirely, which is reason if we had freedom of currency, that'd be and if we had agriculture all over the place, like money would only be necessary for like higher echelon things. We have we would have so much food and so much
cannabis, med- like medical, like, you know, Rick Simpson oil going around and everything like that, that we'd, we'd just be able to give it to each other, you know, uh, voluntarily. So, so if we had that free system with a lot of agriculture in it, um, people could forego the money system entirely, or they could go to gold or silver or Bitcoin that ha- actually has value and doesn't get robbed away once a maker puts it out of, out of thin air. If we had that system, yes, a minimum wage thing would do the unintended consequences that Coke Shill libertarians or wannabe libertarians, because um, I consider myself a real, real libertarian, you know, that, then there are things about the unintended consequences that will be true. But in this economy, with the Federal Reserve System, with the slavery, a minimum wage is definitely a, is definitely a necessary thing to have. Even though, even though it's still addressing the symptom, we should go after, you know, the Federal Reserve enslavement system. But it's like we can't blame, we can't, but we can't scapegoat the workers. Like it's polarizing, it's total like divide and conquer. And I hate to see, you know, immigrants scapegoated, workers scapegoated. It's, it's not, it's not good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's so ridiculous. So these people that are, uh, you know, apolo- apologizing for Walmart, <clears throat> blaming the workers yeah. for wanting a wage. I mean, what's his name? Uh, there was a video that w- went kind of viral today. Uh, uh, what's his name? That rich dude. Uh, what's that? Uh, well, here, this is the funny thing about arguing um, against the workers for their plight. You're already paying them a higher wage. You're paying them. Walmart's not. Yeah, don't you get the taxpayer, that? Our taxes the, are already paying for their welfare. That they don't, they should be earning a living wage already. I mean, how hard is that to understand? You're already subsidizing them. Exactly. Like, I mean, unless yeah. you're not paying taxes, in which case, I hope you have a private army guarding you. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. you're gonna have some armed IRS agents knocking on your door pretty soon here. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's why the, the logic is gone in this country. The moral grounds are gone. And that's why, like, I love to see a guy like Alex run and try to get into the system and, and turn it on its toes because the breakdown's complete, man. And now we have to start the rebuild or we're going to lose everything that made this place great. Yeah, and, and yeah, I, would, uh, I, would, uh, I would nullify legal tender laws so that we have freedom of currency. Uh, I would ban GMOs and then open up the zoning for agriculture so that we can get that head start and finally start, you know, put some seeds in the ground. So if we do, like, I know you guys were talking about, like, if the, if the gas shut off and you couldn't deliver food on the trucks because there was no electricity to pump the gas, well, if we already got, got a head start in growing our own food, then we'd be fine if that, that ever happened because everybody's backyard would have something in it. And it'd be better than, it'd be, even if it doesn't feed at any rate, it's better than uh, waiting for Monsanto to come and save us, even though they can't because they can't send the trucks over here because of no electricity. So if we, you know, and and then we won't be stuck to the dollar, you know, the paper dollar in order to eat like that. You need that stupid piece of paper in order to eat. So if we have freedom of currency and then freedom of agriculture, I think at the very least that'd be one a revolution because we stick it to the Fed, and then and then uh, it it would you know protect us a lot a lot from the crash more so than waiting another two years for 2016 to change things. Um, um, but um, I wanted to talk a bit about the Fed and the two-party system. Um, Nick and I have a, have a mutual friend that Nick's actually speaking at uh, the festival, the United We Stand festival up up there with Public Enemy and the Wu Tang Clan. Super sick. But um, the uh, Christina was on my radio show earlier in January and informed me that basically, if you follow the money, you, uh, the Federal Reserve, or no, you follow the money of the Commission on Presidential Debates that guarantees the two-party debates, you find out it's the big wigs behind the Fed, it's the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds, everything like that. And, that was like a slap in the face because I had almost gotten arrested, you know, outside the you know, NBC protesting the debates. Jill Stein 
you know, almost got arrested because of having only two-party debates. That means more and more children are, are going to die. If you look at, you know, the Yemeni drone strikes you were talking about, about the wedding, if it was Gary Johnson or Jill Stein, you can bet that never would have happened. You could have bet there was never even going to be a Snowden because they would have been Snowden. And are, is, the, is the NSA really going to chase around an elected president of the United States throughout Russia? So they, they really, the Fed really wants this two-party stuff to stay the same so they can keep killing people in these wars for the petrodollar. And it's totally messed up. And that's, that's the number one thing about the Fed for me is that they literally control everything just to kill people. Yeah, they, I, when I found that out, I, I didn't know that until we talked about it uh, yesterday. The 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 people behind the, the federal election uh, committee or whatever it's called are literally the Rothschilds and the Fed. They control our elections. They decide who yep. they decide what channel is going to play it. They decide what candidates are going to be there, who's going to be invited. You know, and I remember back last last election when Jill Stein did get arrested, you know, because she was out there saying, hey, what about us? We want to be in these debates, too. How about another how about a different voice besides a pissing contest on, on who can bomb Iran first? Because that's what it was all about. You know, let's 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 use these debates to warmonger and forward our agenda instead of talking about the real issues about about why there's record amounts of poverty. Why there's people dying all around the world um, because of our foreign policy? Why do we have 150 bases all over the all over the world? You know, why is the Fed destroying our currency? Why are all the workers being punished in the system? And all, why is the one? Why are the one percenters just getting rich off their insane? Why why is the one percent still getting insanely rich, even though everybody else is getting poor? <clears throat> the Fed. <laughs> and they kept all that all that information. They kept it out of the debates. Because they blocked yep. all the third voices, they blocked any other. They blocked Gary Johnson. They blocked Jill Stein. They blocked anybody that was going to question the foreign policy. They blocked anybody that was going to question the Fed. And they just turned it into this superficial thing. And, and they they're said, killing cash because look what they're doing. Look at Bitcoin. Bitcoin's got everyone's uh, you know ears perked up now, and cash is dead. And that's what they want. And now it's going to be a total control grid, like just like they wanted. See that this is all part of the whole thing. That's why we have to keep. Fo we got to focus on the agricultural currency. Exactly. You know, farm coin. Hard farm currency. coin will be coming out. Farm coin will be coming out. I guarantee it. It will take Actually, Bitcoin uh, over. Cannabis and hemp was used as tender. So. Exactly. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. It's food and it's recreation and it's medicine. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I, cannabis is the perfect currency. I think. Oh yeah, if you eat it, you get calories, so you're okay in a, in a in a pinch. Although you're gonna be really good. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, you have to heat it. You have to heat it for it to be psychoactive. So if you you just go up to a plant and put your face up there and munch on it, and you're not gonna get high. Oh, okay, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Still good. So well, go. I gotta I gotta I gotta leave now. I gotta get back to the board. But uh, thank you guys again for having thanks, me on, and it's great on. to be able to air a show like this over Camp Pendleton. So we get we want everybody to Google the Oath Keepers. Awesome, yeah, yeah. If if anyone listening on AM right now in Camp Pendleton, check out the Oath Keepers. We need you guys. Um, remember the Oath of Office and and read it again if you need to. Um, we are not your enemy. The dudes no, we, that are telling you to do tyrannical me, things your are your enemy. <laughs> we will be with our with you. Thanks, right. Alex. Thank you.
Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Anti Media Radio. We'll see you on Wednesday and Friday, same time. All right, that was the Anti Media Radio with Nick Burnaby, and I was just on there as well. So, um, if you heard, but um, freethoughtmedia.org. Don't forget about us, even though we're going to be away for a month. Make sure you keep up to date with the Facebook page, facebook.com slash freethoughtradio. And, of course, freethoughtmedia.org. We have a market there. We've got hippie butter hemp seeds, health force nutritional superfoods, and amaji metals to divest out of that Federal Reserve war machine. Uh, and so this song is by Alice Cooper. It's the final one for the night. This is Santa Claus. C-L-A- C-L- Let me do it on the webcam. C-L-A-W-S. Santa Claus is Coming to Town by Alice Cooper. Again, freethoughtmedia.org. Lee Camp was the guest for tonight. Have a great New Year, guys. Uh, take that siesta. Uh, and yeah. I can't think of a better way to go to off to Christmas without Alice Cooper. So yeah. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. <laughs> We're not worthy. Freethoughtmedia.org. Happy New Year's, guys. We'll see Happy you Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa.
Listening to KKSM Oceanside AM 1320, the radio revolution.